0: Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. I am Brent Young, and this week feels a little bit different to me. I don't know about you guys. I'm talking to you, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. First off, how are we, guys? How are we? Another Good. day, man. Yeah. Good. Another day. It was, we're back. War-
1: it was a warm one today at, at Shakely Field.
0: Oh, we're back. We're back. But it, it feels a little different, doesn't it? There's, there's football. There's real football this weekend. It's it's not going to be your Cincinnati Bearcats, but there is real football They're They're going to start counting the stats this weekend. So it, it's a little different feeling in the air. And you know, what also is a little different feeling in the air. There's someone that has decided to grace us with his presence. Again, a man that is one that sits on top of a mountain that I wish to reach one day. It's going to take a while, a lot of training, a lot of hard work. And, who knows, maybe one of his his lesser folk could give me a, a tip or two of how to reach the pinnacle. None of that is happening. none other, none other than Brady Collins back on the BBP. Brady, how are we?
2: Doing good boys. It's great to be back. I know I had a little hiatus there as we were out in West Harrison, Indiana, getting our grind on, but uh it's always a pleasure to be here with you guys.
0: Brady, welcome back. That's all I gotta say. First off let's get a let's get a little little dive into what Brady Collins' favorite part I want you to give us just straight from the top your favorite part from this past this this new edition of the camp higher ground fall camp give us your favorite part if you could boil it all down to one what is it it has to be something
2: um you know what i'll I'll say it was a uh a uh, in-house, you know, kind of deal that we did every morning with our new freshmen that was very unique and fun. Um, You know, Coach Pick and I, we joined the freshmen every day for a very nice leisure walk maybe. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of nice to start your day that way. And some days they joined us, some days it was just Coach and I, but uh, it it was a great camp. Always take you know, every, every minute we're out there, um, don't take it for granted for sure, but uh, it was a very successful trip out to West Harris.
3: So I, I was at practice on Saturday, and there was a little uh, strip sack of Des Ritter, and Luke even mentioned it in his postgame presser as far as being upset that he touched the quarterback. How hard was it for MyJ all camp long? to not touch the quarterback and to finally get one in on, on Saturday?
2: <laughs> well, Maje now, as opposed to Maje two years ago, totally different story. But, um, I mean, obviously Maje had been wreaking havoc all of camp. And, uh, you know, he just brings an energy and enthusiasm, um, you know, just a passion for the daily grind and the love of the game. And, yeah, I mean, he he made the offensive tackles work extra hard every single day. But, uh, you know, that was just a simple case of, uh, you know, his violent arms kind of getting away and, you know, uh, tapping the ball maybe low or high. I don't know wherever the ball placement was. But no doubt a little scary every now and then when a black jersey gets around the red. But you know what? We're kind of fortunate that our quarterback kind of appreciates that, looks forward to that, and uh, everything turned out all right. I don't think he touched the quarterback. I think you got all ball. All ball. I saw all ball. Because, you know, I'm always behind, you know, the offense there. So, I I saw all ball. Did I take a deep breath and kind of clench my fists a little bit? Sure. (laughs) I don't uh, think that
3: was the only thing you were clenching.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Again, you know, like I said, two years ago, Maje, he might have hit a little bit more than just the ball. But, uh, again, I think our guys – You know, they're trained really well. They go hard. They try to stay off the red as much as possible. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, they they get by one guy, they're going to start yelling sack right away. Well, I think a lot of people forget just how elusive and special Desmond Ritter is when he does take off. And, uh, you know, again, I I could be uh, a little more, um, you know, just because I'm used to it and I've seen him from the younger days. But ain't nobody love when Des takes off more than me because he can do some special things.
0: Yeah, it's one thing I would point to Aaron and, uh, th- during the uh, scrimmage because actually, uh, if you didn't know, Brady, I I was able to make it out there for the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, my 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 presence was felt. I I didn't get a chance to get a one on one with you, but that's why we're here on the pod. So that's uh to make up for lost <laughs> times.
2: But your presence, was, your presence was felt, and I noticed you. Just just remember that your presence was felt, and I noticed you.
0: I gave you about eight air hugs, so I hope one of them landed. <laughs> but uh, but aside from that, uh, you know. Speaking so of the, creepy. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It, at this point, it is what it is. It is what it is. Speaking of the scrimmage, though, I do have to bring up one play that I was completely blown away on, and that was the little pass out into the flats that found uh, Ethan Wright, and Ethan was it was able to, to to make a two tacklers miss. You know, Brian Threats and Amariot Smith two missed tackles there. He spun out of it, was able to. Take it all the way into the end zone, running over Todd Bump at the very end. who was getting blocked all the way downfield. And I mean, for me on the day, that was the best play of the day. I even saw Ethan after the scrimmage and said, wow, that, that play was dirty. That was a dirty play. He gave me a little pound. He said, I appreciate you. But Brady, the thing about that play is afterwards, Brian Cook and Javon Hicks were sitting on the sideline, waiting for Marion Smith and Brian Threats to come over. Just kind of talk to them and, and, and tell them what they saw and and kind of you know teaching them up immediately when they came to the sidelines because you know, I'm sure they both were a little frustrated of the missed tackle. What does that speak to this team and the ability for the upperclassmen to kind of take control and and really have have the ability to to give the younger players their wise sage thoughts on every single play? It just seems as if that was kind of the highlight outside of the special Ethan, Ethan Wright run.
2: I mean, absolutely, but you know, before I hit on that, I gotta give a tremendous amount of respect and props to Ethan Wright. Um, You know, a guy that earned the Iron Bearcat Award from us this summer. Um, Just a guy that has come in and just put his head down and worked, I mean, tirelessly grinded every single day, blue collar, brings his lunch pail, doesn't care if it's clean or dirty, he just goes. Um, Just a great kid, totally transformed his body you know, from 170 pounds to 200 pounds. Um, you know, I think he's the youngest guy to ever make the play hardboard, which in our program is like the ultimate of um, recognition you could have. It's it's a big hallway that leads down into the weight room with a bunch of fat heads. And, you know, you get a hat and a t-shirt and a special sticker on your helmet. So that was really awesome to see Ethan, you know, put something like that together. But You know, I think that ultimately just speaks to the culture of our program. I think that's ultimately what you want and what we set out, you know, when we took this thing over five years ago. I mean, Coach Vick always preaches it. You know, the leader's got to lead and the young guys are going to follow. And, you know, Hicksie and Cook, they take so much pride. They take so much, um, you know, on themselves to make sure that that room is going to be better someday when they're gone. And, uh, you know, it is, you look around, that's, that's kind of what I see all the time at practice. I mean, yes, I'm watching the O-line and the D-line and I'm, you know, watching the sidelines, seeing how guys are reacting, making sure guys aren't taking a knee off to the side because our culture is everybody stands, everybody, you know, inc- encourages everybody. But, you know, no doubt those types of things are always standing out because you see guys like Cook and Hicks that are so passionate and that, you know, are so focused and locked in on what they have to do. But at the same time, selflessly want others, especially in their room, to do right and, you know, learn from them as well. I mean, it's just a testament to to the culture that the guys have built within the locker room.
3: So as we're talking about running backs that stood out, one of the running backs that stood out to me on Saturday, this is a name that we've not talked about at any point on the podcast, is walk-on Sean Thomas. And I feel like every time he touches the ball, he's doing something a little special. Um, What has it been like working with Sean Thomas?
2: Sean Thomas has been a great addition to the program. Um, He came in, great, great young man, um, obviously raised the right way, comes from a great uh, school, and just, again, another guy that came in, you know, didn't say a word, just kind of put his head down, worked, uh, listened to the older guys, followed their lead, and, you know, just really has been a great addition to the running back room, which is already – you know, one of the best units on the team as far as leadership and production and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, just a great young man. And again, everybody knows as a walk on things are going to be stacked against you. He doesn't, you know, see that as any disadvantage. He just puts his head down and works every single day. And he's a, he's a great young man and a great addition to our program.
1: Hey, you know, so I want to talk-, talk about, I, I got somebody I want to talk about. And uh, the first couple days of camp, I was, Yeah. Scratching my head a little bit, dropped a couple balls. He wasn't getting as much separation as, as we thought based on uh, how he was advertised coming in by the end of camp. It almost felt like he had to move up the depth chart just to see who could stop him because drew Donnelly made as big a leap from the start of camp to the end of camp. As I remember make the freshman making in, you know, at least the past three or four years.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, a guy that came in, highly touted as, you know, a speedster from Texas. Um, But again, just a kid that came in and just did everything the right way. And it's so hard, you know, as a freshman to come in, you know, kind of make a statement. You're in a room that is packed, right? I mean, you got Alec Pierce, you got Michael Young, you got uh, Tyler Scott, you got uh, Trey Tucker. I mean, all these types of guys, but yet consistently... Every single day, put in the work, did the film uh, study with all the older guys and just got better, took coaching, got better. Um, and you see it paid off. I mean, you know, making plays, catching balls. And, uh, you know, the future is very bright for Drew Donnelly. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see him continue through this offseason, well, in-season of training and continuing to, you know, get reps against you know the number one defense, whether it's on the scout team, and you know push for some special teams roles or whatnot. And uh, he's got a very bright future ahead of him. How much of it with him was was coming
1: back? He in had the injury that sidelined most of his high school senior season. Um, how much of it was just knocking that rust off? Because he he, he looked like it was maybe more of a confidence issue than anything. Uh, those first couple of days of camp. And then once the confidence got rolling downhill a little bit and he just picked up steam and didn't slow down.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's funny because obviously we knew of his you know, prior injury and uh, you know, all those things from high school. Again, our, our sports med staff does a great job of, you know, doing all their background and their research and evals and in conjunction with us on their first day. And as we incorporate them in the weight room, But he was never, you know, he was never modified from the beginning. Um, But it was just something that you always, you know, had in the back of your head. Like, man, this guy, you know, his senior year was kind of cut short a little bit. But obviously he ran track and did really well. And you've seen his workout videos and all that stuff. But it really is. I mean, you know, I know it's like a a broken record. It's just a testament to the guys within our locker room of leading him and bringing him along. And obviously Coach Brown. Um, But again, just him putting his head down working, getting better every single day. And, uh, you know, again, you wouldn't, you wouldn't kind of see that rust, you know, what they say he might've had or whatever, because he just got better every single day throughout camp.
4: Yeah. I,
0: I want to kind of stick with this, with, with, the true freshman class. Cause at the end of the scrimmage, I see, I see a, a big barreling man walking across the, the road with about eight pairs. Of, I won't say eight, I'll say four, four pairs of sneakers in his arms and, And I say, you know, what are you doing with all these shoes? He said, it's hard to find a size 18 shoe. I got to make sure I have all of these. And that's none other than the godfather, Dante Corleone. How about the camp that he had, seeing him run with the twos at times? Was that maybe out of necessity, or is he really just rising up and showing what he can do? Because, I mean, walking around with with size 18 shoes, that is a big fellow right there, Dante Corleone, the godfather.
2: I mean, when you say the name Dante, you can't help but just smile. I mean, his personality um, is, you know, through the roof. He's such a great young man, um, has a big heart. You know, he, he, he messes and um, talks with everybody on the team. Um, you know, again, everybody loves being around him. They love, you know, talking with him, getting him to do funny things. But then, you know, you look at his work ethic and he just – he goes – um you know a huge testament to him and buying into what we're doing he's dropped you know over 30 pounds since he's been here um he's done it the right way he's extremely strong he's extremely powerful he's twitchy um you know and again the the future for him is so bright but you know he was given opportunities to go against threes going against twos and even going against ones and he made the best of his opportunities to put himself in a position that you know what hey maybe uh there's some certain situations in a game we're going to line you up and you're just going to go straight ahead and you're going to take out two guys just because they're so strong, and powerful and quick. And, uh, you know, very, very impressed and pleased with Dante. And again, we've only scratched the surface with him and his potential. He's going to be a name that, uh, you know, Bearcat fans are going to love for the next few years for sure.
3: Now coming into camp, you know, you have an all American in Ahmad sauce Gardner. You have a second-team All-American in Maijay. So we knew the defense was going to be good, but we didn't know that the offense was actually going to keep up with them much of camp. So how impressed were you guys with what the offense has been able to do against this defense
2: throughout the entirety of camp? I mean, you don't want to be biased, but, you know, again, not so surprised. You know, I mean, you saw some glimpses in the, in the spring and, uh, you know, again, this is the best receiving corps we've ever had. Um, The tight end room is loaded, the O line room, whether anybody outside of our program wants to say they're whatever ranked in the conference or whatnot, we know what we got. We trust and believe in those guys. Um, And then ultimately you have, you know, one of the all time winningest quarterbacks in college football history running the show. So, you know, we, we know what we have. Obviously it's a huge challenge every single day when you're going up against a defense that is as competitive and tough and relentless as ours. But, you know, again, that's our whole program mantra that iron sharpens iron. And at the end of the day, when you're going up against the best of the best, there's going to be days where you're going to get the best of them. And uh, ultimately that makes us better. That makes the defense better. And uh, you know, there were some days out there that it was really great to see the offense you know really kind of take it to them and um you know ultimately that makes makes a a great you know plan and everything moving forward for the season
0: you know it it seemed like you guys had competition going through through the entire camp and the whole iron sharp, sharpens iron thing yeah one of my favorite competitions to watch the the couple times I was able to make it in attendance was the sauce gardener versus Alec pierce mano y mano back and forth you know we've we've called it a lot like the my jay sanders versus james hudson competition of last uh last ball camp and, and different things of that sort but what did you kind of see in the competition between those two second part of the question brady what was your favorite warm-up competition throughout the camp and tell me why it was the basketball game between the staff and tell us a little bit more about that so Go ahead and take as long as you want on this multi part question because it's a good one.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, ultimately, yeah. I mean, Alec Pierce, you know, is a very intrinsic, motivated guy. And, uh, you know, he's always been a self starter, a guy that, you know, is going to do everything by the book. You know, you tell him to do this and that and that, and he's going to do it exactly the way you want it. And he's always going to want more. And I think, you know, a testament to him over the years getting better from, you know, the, the teachings and coachings of Coach Brown and ultimately going against one of the best in the country, you know, with mod. And uh, so, you know, that that only brings out the best in each because some days, yeah, mod's going to get the best of you. There might be a few plays you get the best of him. And you use that as motivation. You use that as momentum to carry into the next day and the next and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, no doubt what you're referring to, that was a huge hit within our program um you know we start off every morning at camp with a uh, offense first defense challenge and it's really to see which side of the field we stretch on mm-hmm. so whoever wins that challenge that's the side of the field we stretch on and you know those challenges could vary from as simple as uh you know rock paper scissors could be uh connect four could be charades could be free throw contest um you know could be a plethora of different things, but, you know, we always had it in our back pocket that one night we were going to bust out the uh, the staff versus uh, – or the O staff versus D staff challenge basketball game. And uh, no doubt that night turned out to be a great one. Shout out to Coach Armand, a.k.a. Kobe Bryant-Pins, because he definitely took it to him. But uh, – Black you know, Cat Mamba. Anything, that's right. Anything you can do, you know, to, to mix it up – have a little fun and, you know, break the monotony up of camp. And obviously our guys feed off that any type of competition, especially offense versus defense, really gets them going.
0: Brady, those pictures were awesome. Just, you know, of course the basketball action, I, I don't know who it was. It looked like someone drained a three and the and the crowd went wild, but it just seemed as if the entire team was so just captivated by this basketball game. I, is, is this going to be kind of like a, like a basketball game we never really hear the finer details of. Is this kind of under wraps? It looked like the the team was so into it. I I love looking at those pictures, not because of the action, but because of the reactions in the back. It just seemed like it was truly, truly just an awesome, awesome situation.
2: (laughs) Well, I bet if you got it out of Kelsey Sharkey, you know, obviously she could show the footage and we could really dissect every play and every move and screen and set up and all that but uh you know again just just a time where the guys have no idea what's coming and you hit them with a little bit of fun Mm -hmm. and uh you know again they're so competitive they want their side of the ball to win and uh it, it really was it was just a great night a great event and uh really turned out to be more than what we expected that's for sure
3: now i asked chad this last week but your professional opinion does anyone on the team have softer hands than Lenny Taylor?
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, that's a good question. Lenny T, he is. He's smooth. Uh, he's got great hands. Um, tracks the ball really well. But um, I would have to say who's up there with him. I would say Michael Young. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, the way he practices, the way he takes advantage of every single day with a huge smile on his face and a tremendous work ethic. Um, but also, you know, just uh, the daily investment that he puts into it. I mean, after every single practice, he catches a hundred balls, and uh, you know that's that's something that hopefully, you know, and I know it. Our young guys were paying attention to, and you know, gradually as camp went on, there would be a few more guys over there with Michael catching balls. And, um, but I would put him right up there with Michael or with uh, Lenny T.
1: Brady, we're, we're getting to the point where the season is, is upon us. So injury information becomes uh, very mum at, at this point in the year and going forward. But uh, let me just ask you this. When you looked out at the practice field today, how much of a smile was on your face to see maybe some familiar names back in action?
2: Oh, I mean, you know, again, that's, that's the biggest thing that I take a credit to, um, you know, my staff in conjunction with the sports medicine staff. I mean, our whole philosophy, our whole goal is to keep your players healthy. Now, again, that's so incredibly hard because you're playing the most violent, rigorous, greatest game in the world. I mean, football is a collision sport. It's mano a mano, uh, you know, especially in the trenches, it's rough, it's dirty. There's nonstop collisions. Um, guys are playing with so much passion and so much speed and force and all that stuff. Um, but again, to come out of camp as healthy as we did, you know, of course, you're going to have your normal, typical, you know, dings and bruises and all those types of things. Um, you know, again, we were so fortunate that, you know, given the roster of our team and the experience, the amount of veterans that we've had that have played a lot of ball, you know, we were kind of able to take, you know, somewhat of an NFL approach some days, with certain guys where hey you know what we don't need to see you take all these reps today so let's get these younger guys going because that's only going to make them better and in turn what does that do that allows that guy that we're given less reps to to coach those younger guys even more so it's an extension of the coaching staff and it almost means even more coming from them because they do it every single day and they're in that room but you know it is I mean you know there's some guys that Maybe they didn't practice every single day at camp. Well, you know what? That's okay because it's not game day yet. We still got 12 days till so game day, and you know, again, the the number one thing we want to do is get your A players ready for the game day. And I'm so proud to say it that all of our A game or all of our A players they're going to be ready for game day. And you know, that's ultimately our our end goal is to maximize their genetic potential and keep them healthy. And uh, you know, again. Huge shout out to my staff, our sports med staff, and even our entire coaches um, for kind of you know mixing up the way we do some things maybe out of camp without losing our identity and how we grind and really go after it. Um, it is it's it's a it's a huge blessing and can't wait.
1: That's what I'm all about every day is maximizing my genetic potential.
4: <laughs> <Huh>.
2: <laughs> we can't all be as blessed. we can't all be as blessed as you, my friend. I know it's a blessing and a curse. (laughs) So
3: Brady, how I, I watched, I think four or five coaches get final day ice baths, not willingly the last day. How many ice baths have you had at camp higher ground and how have you avoided them?
2: I believe my first and only ice bath was our first year here. And that was, you know, a, uh, You know, something that you were unaware of the tradition at that point. Unaware of the tradition. Now I am always aware of it moving forward, but, uh, you know, it's just something that has kind of died off, you know, maybe in the years past. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they want to throw me in, Hey, go ahead. I'm not going to fight you, but you know, I think it's just the evolution of our program and, you know, certain old, uh, You know, things might have changed and whatnot, but uh, I'm not going to lie to you, no doubt. I'm uh, very aware of that, and I make (laughs) sure I'm kind of keeping my head on a swivel and uh, making sure I'm talking to certain people that I need to, and then uh, obviously making sure I do my daily routine of getting in and getting out. So, uh, (laughs) but uh, it is, it's still cool to kind of see, you know, some of those remnants still out there, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think it's more for uh, new coaches. Because I saw Tress getting thrown in there.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I saw Coach P get thrown in there, which was nice. But, uh, you know, again, they,
4: those they kids, mace, they messed So those, I was
2: happy. Was they got here. Oh, absolutely. They, Anytime anybody they gets Mason. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who got you year one, <laughs> Brady? Oh, it was the Corey Cunninghams, the Garrett Campbell's, the Will okay. Sturrs, the other yeah, They knew. Now that Campbell's gone, I feel like you know, it's cooled down
1: a little bit. Like Garrett wanted to throw everybody in the, in the ice tub. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. He did. I mean, there was a fair amount of, 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 people that got thrown in that last night. It was, no, hot, no, no. Though. It, it
3: was, it was, it was definitely hot. Like that would have been an okay day to get thrown. There in was the seven people that got tossed in easily. Yeah.
1: That's a very low number for what it used to be. Well, I saw, I saw Garrett Campbell and a, like three other dudes in a golf cart chasing Greg Scruggs in
0: 2018. <laughs> Scruggs did, won. Scruggs won. Come on! How many times did, Luke's been Come tossed on. in every time except for one? No, he
1: gets tossed in on his birthday, so right. he kind of gets he kind of gets a pass on the final day. the The day that they do it uh, is either on your birthday or on the final day at camp. They get Luke on his birthday, which is usually right around the end of camp. So Luke gets kind of a free pass on the final day of camp. And he didn't, if he wanted to fight it, look, let's be honest. That man's like a a grizzly bear. If he wanted to fight it, it would have taken at least 10 dudes to get him in there.
0: Well, well, that also brings up the, uh, the, our favorite, the boomer guy, the boomer sooner guy. Came out with another poll that we love, another you know listing ranking of uh you know top coaches that would win in an all-out battle royale, and uh, Luke came in at like thirty third or thirty fourth.
1: There's yeah. only one place you can you can put Luke Fickle in a who who wins uh toughest coaches battle, right? Brady, it's number one, and if you don't have him at number one, you're wrong.
2: Let me tell you that Boomer Sooner guy again. I know. Social media, it's it gives everybody a platform and rightfully so. Let me tell you right now, he snubbed us once and now you're going to snub the ultimate warrior of a human being and competitor. Right? So, you mm-hmm. know, what? this guy's credibility is, is gone. I mean, oh, I don't care. I don't care who you put up there in the top 10. I'm telling you right now, I would bet my paycheck. I would bet my mortgage. I would bet every single thing that I touch and own that coach Fick would dominate anybody in any type of environment,
0: which is, which is what he said on a Yahoo college football preview show that he was on, which I loved seeing. And I'm surprised no one has taken that clip and just really ran with it. Maybe I'll have to dig it up, but he, he said he's picking himself number one over everyone. He said the only person that might, might have a good chance against him to coaches in the NFL the Tennessee Titans so uh, he he's he's got that confidence behind him which is which is the first part of of winning a battle royale
3: now we we saw in the most recent let it fly video the fishing of uh Lorenz our Mets and uh and Cam Cam Jones Jones, yeah get it together Aaron which was hilarious it was was it was absolutely hilarious Now, did you do any fishing while you were at Camp Higher Ground or did you steer clear of the the fishing hole?
2: There was no fishing done by me whatsoever. (laughs) Um, You know, those days, those are for the guys to kind of get out, relax, enjoy the uh, environment that Camp Higher Ground has to offer. But uh, I leave that up for the pros, as Cam and uh, Matt showed you. They got their
0: lungs tangled, like. No, I mean that was, but that was the best part of this. Let it fly, if it, I have to be honest.
3: It was, it was great.
0: It was comical.
3: Can I just you, don't you, know that I would call them pros if they're getting lines tangled. No. All right. right,
0: Brady. It sounds like you got
1: daddy work to take care of, Brady. Oh yeah, I got the girly in
2: here. You want to say hi, girly?
4: Hi. Hi.
2: Welcome <laughs> to the BBP. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell them, what do you what do we say? Go Bearcats. Can you say it? Go big cats.
3: Oh. oh cutest <laughs> moment of the BBP bar none.
2: That is great. That is I mean, great. no, no big deal. No big deal here. I got a little kindergarten here, and then she's in advanced level gymnastics, just like her mommy. She's five years old, picking her up at 830 at night. I mean, what's going on in this world, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> grit. That is grit right there. I love it.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. There's no greater fan than the Bearcats and of weightlifting than this girl right here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank well, you. For you for coming go on to the do your thing,
2: game. brother.
3: Thanks hey, for coming on. We love you.
2: Guys, you. Oh, yeah. I love all you guys, man. Can't wait till 12 days from now. You guys will be down there in the back of the end zone, rocking and rolling. And uh, you know what? I got, I got some information tonight from Kaz that the uh, announcer – The game day announcer for our first game and maybe even the second game is none other than the legendary Bobby Carpenter, who was coached by Coach That's right. That's your boy. And uh, he's a close friend of mine as well. Um, Very excited for that. Was texting with him earlier. He's looking forward to it. Um, Very smart, educated guy. Does a great job. But uh, no doubt we're going to get him into the uh, Bearcat weight room and give him a little taste of what we do. (laughs) <laughs> we we do have uh, a couple members that have requested
1: one thing of you, Brady, and that would be you got to move on from the block O's on your binders in your office. Oh <laughs>
4: man! <laughs> well,
2: you know what? I agree. I agree. And you know what? A testament to my uh, former self when I was an assistant, I kept everything in binders. I mean, everything. I was as crazy and detailed as possible. And then, you know, now that I'm the head guy, I got everything on hard drives. um, You know, I put them in binders at the end of the year, but I kind of keep them under my desk because I'm always referencing, you know, the binders under my desk or I can just access everything from my hard drive. But, uh, you know, hey, I will say it doesn't mean anything. It's just always, you know, kind of to show where I've come from and um, all those things. But I will I will do my best to change the background of my scenery in the office.
4: Um, they catch everything, those Brady. They don't fortunate. miss anything. I know.
2: I know. Those of you that are fortunate, like all of you, besides Brent, that have been inside the weight room that wow. have seen my- <laughs> <laughs>
4: wow.
2: know that I have a plethora of bearcat memorabilia and pictures and whatnot, but uh, you know, again, who knows? Maybe uh in a couple of years here, when the new facility is built, I'll have uh, a whole new setup. Oh, okay.
0: Hey, you go. know, Brady, I'll call you later. We'll discuss, you know, working out things so you and I can, can hit the weight room together. We'll, I'll call you later. Just, just leave your phone on vibrate. I'll call you later. No worries.
1: Not tonight. <laughs> Don't call him tonight.
0: <laughs> Golly. Well, hey, Brady, thanks a bunch. Go be a dad. And uh, yet again. Your, your presence on the BBP makes us that much better. So thanks for coming on, Brady, and uh, best of luck leading up to Miami.
2: All right, boys. I appreciate you. Look forward to the next time. Let's we'll say yes, go Bearcats right. one more time? Go no Bearcats. Yes. There we go. Yes.
4: <laughs> Fantastic. It. All right, guys. Take All care, right. man.
3: See you, Brady.
2: See you.
3: Golly. Now we're going to have to build her up to the down the drive, right?
1: Oh I'm sure every little kid at that age knows down the drive. If they're oh, yeah. if like my, I wanted my to ask for it, it but at, I like, didn't want to three. I
3: didn't want to put her on the spot and be like can you do it and her be like uh yeah we'll we'll build her up for it for for next time.
0: But do you think she knows it by down the drive or do you think you got to start like a oh uh, yeah
1: yeah probably doesn't know it by the name yet.
0: Right right You got to get get it it warmed up, but the greatest thing about the down the drive is, you know, I I was in New Orleans for this for the Sugar Bowl in Miami, you know, for the Orange Bowl during those times. When you just start up that, you're gonna get at least eight people around you that'll that'll keep it going with you, which is just an awesome feeling to have. Let's just hope that the outcomes after the game that leads up to that is a little different this year. But yet again, awesome having Brady on the show. He's uh, he is a class act and. You know what? It, he really molded. If you think about it, some of these players that have just transformed their bodies. I mean, you talk about Drew Donnelly, Chad, and I mean, sure, he's a he's a workout machine, but you look at him, and it, it just seems like maybe it is that confidence that you know maybe he he hit the weight room a little bit more, and, or you know, told himself to focus on this or that a little bit more. But I think a lot of it is testament to what Brady and his team does, especially the Dante Corleone thing, losing thirty five pounds in a good way. I mean, gosh. Talk about a goat and Brady Collins, and I had about eight more questions for him, but he is going to hopefully be back when we talk about wins after that. But, Chad, you were at practice today. Was. And you, you kind of touched on a little bit about uh, some some people that were being held out, you know, precautionary. Did you not hear what I said? No, I heard it. I heard it. I'm not going to ask for any names, but I'm going to say And you it. go right for it. You go straight to this, it. Right hey, for I'm the jugular. Di- I'm diving right into it, because you you know we're going to sign off, and they're going to say, hey, Chad, Chad, give give us those names, buddy. Give us those no. names. No! I love when I get to just type, no, dot, 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 <laughs> no. But it had to be somewhat of a, not a relief to you, because we you've been harping on it over and over again, but was it kind of a, okay, this is awesome to see that it was what I knew it was up until this point is it is that a fair no because
1: I, I've been I've been checking with my sources throughout camp like if right. there was anything to be concerned about I, I, you wouldn't have heard anything like it we wouldn't yeah. have been talking about it it would have been completely silent so no uh, but that's coming from my perspective you know being there every day and being mm-hmm. kind of looped in on on what's happening every day uh no i'm not surprised but it was good to see a lot of familiar faces that were you know maybe standing over by us a little more often uh last week that that this week were uh were were out i you know what i i, I said this i'll give you i'll give you guys one thing i said this to justin uh today at practice as we were watching us as, as we were watching a rep i said you know we talked about all camp how much that Ahmad Gardner Alec Pierce matchup was like prime time viewing. Hundred percent. I also I also think if it you know if if the circumstances were different, the one B slot every day would have been Kobe Bryant and Tyler Scott. Okay. Because those two get after it just the same way that Pierce and Sauce do. And uh, if that gives you any indication as to what was going on at practice today, you know, take, what, take, what, take from that what you will. Uh, but well, there, were, there were several red jerseys on the field today. Red jerseys sig- sign- signify, there we go, blah, 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 <laughs> signify one of two things, that you're a quarterback or that you're good to practice, but you're not fully live. Right. And, you know, there were some guys out there that that were in red jerseys today that we hadn't seen in a week or two. So and that was good. That was good.
3: So even even uh, with the guys that were dinged up, like how excited were you to see the emergence of some of the, the backups, though, throughout all of camp? Because for a lot of these spots, there was really like you didn't miss the guy that was missing, if you will. I mean that's what you expect
1: if you, if you truly believe that your your team is as talented as we think this team is right like
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah you you need to see it um to believe it because you know as marvin lewis always said see better than i hear it's my favorite marvin lewis quote um i sure hope so <laughs> but i mean the reality is they uh, most of those guys i thought after a first a rough first couple of days I really liked what we saw from Todd Bumpus and and Sammy Anderson. I thought they got back on track, uh, as camp wore on. I thought Justin Harris had a really good camp. Those were all kind of guys that were filling in that field, uh, corner slot with Kobe, uh, basically being a coach. He was like the, the, the one B to Perry Eliano's one a, uh, throughout camp, higher ground. Um, you know the the one that that I think matters the most is Jake Renfro.
4: Yeah,
1: um, the kid's tougher than a two dollar steak, so I don't have any <laughs> doubt that <laughs> that uh, when when push comes to shove, like I, like what I did there, that was um, hilarious. When, when push comes to shove, I think Jake Renfro will be uh, will be in the fold. But I, I think that's the one still. Like I, Benny McConnell did admirably. Filling in that spot. But even like I talked to Vinny about it, he's like, Look, man, people don't think about it, but like you got your head between your legs, you got to get the snap right. And then as soon as you get the snap right, you got Marcus Brown, Curtis Brooks, Maijay, Leek Van, Jawan Briggs, Jabari Taylor. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not easy trying to process all that while still, you know, getting the snap back uh, as accurately as, as possible. That's why a guy like Jake Renfro is special. Like just his ability to get that snap back and then immediately get into his blocking assignment. Like that is, is one of the hardest things to do in football that that doesn't get talked about enough. And uh, that's one that they, they really need, I think over these next 12 days to, to figure out a way to get him back in as much as possible. Even if his contact is limited at times, Um, I think that line becomes a lot more uh, secure once you get Jake Renfro back in there at center, everything else. I mean, Lenny had a great camp. Uh, I do think it showed some of the, the need to develop depth behind Josh and Lenny in that tight end room, because you had a hell of a run that they were on the back end of,
4: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, between Jaguara and, Bruno, um, uh, Bruno LaBelle. And, and you just had a great run of tight ends here of late. Right. Even Wilson Huber was kind of in that mix for a while that mm-hmm. gave him another inline blocking guy. Um, so guys like Peyton Singletary and Caleb Schmitz and Shama Mateer, like their need for development was um, on display. Uh, but they got a lot of reps and, you know, you started to see Peyton Singletary move up the chain a little bit you saw a guy like Nate Lawler, um, step in, you saw a guy like Noah Davis show that he can be kind of that inline. you know, if you need a thumper, uh, in there. So that's a room that I think is, um,
4: under development
1: still. Yeah. Under construction.
4: Yeah.
1: Like the penthouse suite is built, but they're still like, they're, they're still working on putting in the bathrooms and, uh, the glass windows on some of the other floors.
0: Yeah. Well, well, but the penthouse is just so so nice. I mean, it's you know, it's a million dollars. So the penthouse, best there
1: is. Yeah. yeah. But, but, Chad, but 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 if you don't build the foundation beneath it, yeah, the building collapses. So
0: yeah. Well, to to your point, also though, how how kind of a uh, you know silver lining is it that you know Jake Rancro was out for precautionary reasons because you know obviously you lose Sicari and you lose Humble this past. Off season Now you've got someone that, that you can kind of say is, okay, if disaster does strike, we do have someone that got valuable reps <coughs> in camp that could come in at the backup center position and at least fill a void and and, and do it to the best of his abilities. And he's a veteran to the point where he's going to do everything he can in order to secure a win. It, that's got to be some of, somewhat the silver lining in having Vinnie McConnell take all these rough snaps against these big-time players.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'd probably have rather had Jake Renfro in there. hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. But you know,
0: yeah, um, getting but, those reps though.
1: Yeah, it's important, but I think it's you know it would have would have been more important for you know Renfro to be in there and get those reps next to sure. uh, Cooper Vinny, and and next too. to Vinny and kind of yeah. to get that that thing settled. Uh, but that didn't happen, so they made the best of it. You know, you 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 turn a. Uh, lemons into lemonade, uh, if you can. And, uh, that's kind of what they were forced to do. And now Benny's got, you know, a couple of weeks of experience under his belt, but center is generally not something that, you know, you pick up in two weeks, right. uh, and, and, and master at an expert level. So, you know, um, important to, to, to get somebody that can help you out there. I think probably more importantly, long-term was getting reps for Gavin Gerhardt in that same role. Right. Um, to at least have somebody in the pipeline that, you know, you're you're building comfort and confidence with. Um, you know, Gavin still has a way to go. Uh, and it, as a guy that that hasn't played a snap of, you <laughs> know, high-end football at this point. Right. But you've got a lot of practice now under Gavin's belt long-term because, you know, he's a guy that's, it's not going to be here a whole lot longer. So I think that was probably the more important factor.
0: Are are things going to shift more towards game prep and and install? Next week. That's all next week?
1: Yeah, they'll they'll treat it like normal. I mean, they're going to get an extra week of practice in and work on improving themselves this week. And then, you know, once Sunday hits, then they'll they'll get into a regular week week of game week prep. So. That's not to say that there won't be any like specific, you know, install periods or things like that during practice. But right. I think you because w- the reality is normally you've got a couple extra days at higher ground that they didn't get this year because the cl- start of classes was uh, two weeks out from the first game. Right. Usually right. the start of classes happens a week before the first game because it was two weeks. You only get 30 days. hmm. So they, they go to your first game and then you get 30 days back and you get those 30 days for camp. Right. So they had to come back to campus, which I think they would have preferred a couple extra days at higher ground because usually that's a two and a half, almost three week uh, journey out there. Where this week it was 16 days. I think it's more usually like 19 or in that vicinity. Right. Um, So they'll use a couple extra days to continue uh, working on a lot of the things that they were working on in camp. And then from there, they'll start to uh, turn the attention to uh, Miami.
3: Now, one of the funniest things I think I heard you say the entire time that I was out there and with you, and I think it was four practices total, um, <laughs> you said that all of the All-Americans should be 10 feet off the sideline. And that's not to say that anybody was nearly involved in no, anything. they should be ten feet behind the play. Okay, so but in any case, how would you run practice a little bit differently after having seen the way they run? Like, well,
1: with again, guys on the what sideline. Did, what did I tell you guys? Like one, a, a guy or two got rolled up, and Aaron and Brent were ready to have a, a an emotional breakdown. <laughs> And that happens so, all the time.
3: It's so true.
1: <laughs> like, guys are, you know, guys are not in the game. They're standing on the sideline watching the play.
4: And play comes their happening. way.
1: The play comes their way. Somebody gets rolled up a little bit. Uh, they, you know, they, they turn an ankle or, or you know, they, they get a little bit of a scare. And I thought we were going to have to to take Brent and Aaron into a safe space um, because both of them were very concerned. And then, of course, the next rep, the guy is out there taking the next rep, and uh, it's not a big deal. But what I would do is instead instead of allowing them, a lot of times everybody wants to see the play in front of them. So those guys will be like 10, 12, 15 yards past the line of scrimmage, and that's where the play comes at you, right? If you're standing 10, 15 feet behind the line of scrimmage, Very rarely does a play ever get over to the sidelines, but, uh, yeah, you guys just, you know, after, after 16 years of being at camp, you see that stuff and you're like, that's it's not a big deal,
0: but. Well, well, player X did move 10 to feet, 10 to 15 feet behind the play afterwards afterwards. So yeah, uh, maybe (laughs) maybe he adhered to it. You've little, you spoke to him telekinetically or something along those lines, but still, um, one thing that I want to see is kind of a more, you know, are they still tinkering around at certain places or do you think it's kind of, everything is locked in one, a one B, or is that going to be something that is just a, it's going to continue to evolve throughout the season? Cause it seems as if, you know, they, they had the youngsters that they were trying to see make big plays and see if they can rise up or is it, Maybe one week we're going to see Jaheim Thomas really have a, a strong surge with the second team and and get a little bit more snaps, you know, around the the linebacker front. Or you know, is is it going to be Deshaun Pace who starts, but Tyvan Fawson's having a better day and so he's going to get the the boatload of snaps? Or is Jeremy Cooper going to have a rough series and all of a sudden Lorenz Metz is is subbed in at at Garter? Is there going to be like an exact ultimatum time where they're going to have a set first team, second team rotation or, or that, or, or that sort is that something that's kind of just fluid th- week to week?
1: It's fluid week to week. I mean, there's, there's certain spots now. Will Mets come in for Cooper? No, never. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Mets doesn't like playing on the left side. Right. And they're not comfortable with Mets on the left side. So <laughs> if, uh, if there was a reason that they had to put Mets in on the left side, somebody else would be going in <laughs> right. uh, on the left side before him. But like Van Fossen and Pace are a dead heat. Like they're, right. they just take on, you know, Monday and Wednesday, Van Fossen's with the ones. On Tuesday and Thursday, Pace is with the ones. Like, um, so no, I, I don't think they really tinkered with a whole lot of camp, honestly, other than like once Tunstall got cleared. Uh, and they started to get him just a couple reps a day on both sides. Yeah. You know, on, in in this series, you're going to be at left tackle with the ones on the next series, you're going to be at right tackle with the ones. And then you go back to left tackle with the twos the rest of the day, stuff like that. I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't see him tinkering a whole lot. A lot of it, if, you know, if anything was, was different, it was either a, just kind of limiting reps for guys like my and sauce and. Yeah. You know, some, uh, some of those guys that are really tough to get off the field because they just, they're just football guys. Right. Um, but other than that, I didn't see a whole lot of tinkering other than, you know, this guy's out today. So the guy behind him moves up a spot, right? Uh, everything stayed pretty structured to what the, the foundation was, um, Now, I do think, like, there was a couple days that that Brian Cook was held out. He's back. There was a couple days Javon Hicks was held out. He's back. But it allowed, and Will Adams was out for a couple days, and Mm -hmm. um, Jacob Dingle was out. Like, the one place, the one position that got hit pretty hard with just nagging little things was safety. Yeah. And it allowed Brian Threats to step up and say, look, you guys, if you need me, you're going to. You're going to be able to count on me. I might not be starter level, but I can be replacement level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was good. Linebacker, I mean, you got a wave, man. You, They're good at linebacker right now, and you got a wave of potential, like, big-time talent at linebacker. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but with Pace, David Jones, Jaheim Thomas, Cam Jr., um, Leroy Will Bowers. Huber. Well, Huber's, you know, Huber's been here oh, forever. You mean I'm talking about the youth, youth
0: wave, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. Yeah. There's just a wave behind that Van Fossen, uh, Beavers, DeBlanco, Huber. Like, those mm. are kind of the four veteran guys. Right. There's six or seven, and I would even include Devin Hightower in that. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're starting to see him get in there a little bit more as he gets accustomed to things. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. number 20 rated player in the state in this class this is a walk, on. A walk on. yeah um you know there's six or seven young guys at linebacker that it's like man that cupboard is like you're, you're trying to find one of those latches to close the door <laughs> and you know linebacker it's funny because they've been really good at linebacker but it hasn't felt like they've ever been particularly deep at linebacker since fickle got here
4: right
1: and they've been lucky because guys have been able to stay healthy but you didn't feel like outside of maybe four guys that there was a lot of depth at linebacker
3: or even if drill even if drill Wright got injured he'd he'd, he'd come yeah, right that, back like I well mean, got injured like seven times a game and he'd yeah. still come the back. cockroach you know <laughs> <laughs> white Giraffe. not right I, I said i said right sure you did yeah
1: um but yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's just another one of those spots where each time that you get a chance to see one of these young guys, like Jahim, over the last week was, was good. fantastic. Yeah, and you can tell he's starting to play with confidence and flow yep. of the football, and starting to know what his assignment is, what his role is. Um, so yeah, that I, I, the the depth is is starting to push its way up, which is was one of the main storylines from the start of camp was what's going to happen. With all these young guys, yeah, bubbling at the surface, and quite a few of them showed like there might not be a spot yet, but but I'm pretty ready if you call on me.
0: Wide receiver, do you think they're on a certain snap count, or do you think it's a ride a hot hand, or is it? Because I mean, obviously you're gonna have the Alec Pierce's, Michael Young's, and and you know Trey Tucker's gonna get the driving now, Tyler Scott, but I mean like Jordan Jones, Jaden Thompson, I, it, just the the list behind is just continuing well, yeah is is i i feel like it's got to be a ride the hot hand after you know your your certain key few that'll always be there i mean well there's
1: always kind of a rotation at wide receiver like if you have a guy running a
0: deep route 50 yeah. yard
1: go route like right. he's coming out of the game and somebody else is going in right um you're going to have different series where you try to get you know this this guy's in at x this series this guy's in at y this series Um to try to keep everybody fresh because that really is like one spot where you can. And if you remember, I'll go back to the, the 2019 central Florida game here Mm -hmm. and why UC was able to do something that nobody else had been able to do. And this is where the emergence of sauce came from is that normally teams will do that when their guys run a long route,
0: wide receiver, receiver out. Will peel
1: off and a mm-hmm. new guy will come in and be faced with a cornerback that just ran 50 yards. Marcus Freeman said, no, no. When your guy comes out, my guy comes out and a new guy is going to check in.
0: Came you're out sauce. You're in.
1: Right. So that's kind of where that came from. Um, they've got the ability at wide receiver to really wear people down now. You know, Pierce is pretty clearly your number one boundary guy. Yeah, and I think well, we talked about, I talked about this a lot today with uh, with Mike Dembrock after practice. I've been really impressed with Jaden Thompson this yeah. camp. Right. Uh, Tyler Scott is, I think, one A at that field spot, but I think Jaden Thompson is, has really started to build some trust and some confidence as the one B there. And then you got Trey Tucker, Michael Young, and Will Pauling at at slot. Um, So, yeah, you're just getting to a point where, you know, there's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of versatility. Um, You've got Jordan Jones behind Alec Pierce. You've got Blue Smith that can kind of move around to both outside spots. Um, You know, you've just got two, three guys, you know, and that's not we haven't touched on Chris Scott, who I think had a really good camp. We haven't touched on Drew Donnelly. Uh, well, we touched on him earlier, but in this little, you know, segment, we haven't really touched on him. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of variety there in that wide receiver room right now. Well, there and that,
3: that kind of brings me to my next question, which is of the freshmen that you've seen true freshmen, who do you think is, is most likely to make an impact this year? Now that you've digested all of camp, because we've heard names like a uh, Will Pauling. Well, we, we've heard here's, names. Here's what's
1: hard. We haven't seen a lot of special teams. Right. So we don't really have a good feel yet for which of those guys, because usually that's where the freshmen have made their impact under Luke Fickle, even dating back to Derek Forrest and Kobe Bryant, uh, their Mm -hmm. freshman year. Um, So that's where I think you'll see most of those guys make a difference. Like uh, Will Pauling is, is close, but he's got two guys on the depth chart ahead of him.
0: Really good guys. Right. Veteran at this point. But I so, mean, yeah, like Jacob Dingle was a, was a stud on special teams and, and probably still will be this year. Jaquan Shepard, I always saw him around the football on special teams. As the yeah, and those one. guys
1: have worked themselves up into the two deep. And, and right. you know, when this glut of veterans graduate or move on to the NFL after this year, we're going to talk a lot about Jacob Dingle and and – uh, Jaquan Shepard and, you know, a, a, a lot of whoever wins or shows they're really the next guy in line at that boundary spot behind Alec Pierce, like, you know, next camp is going to be fascinating because a lot of those guys uh, are going to get their shot. The true freshmen are probably going to have to do it through special teams. Um I mean, I, I look for Will Pauling to get some snaps, but like when you do the breakdown of, you know, Des is going to complete this many balls this year, and you start saying, All right, this many are going to Alec Pierce, and this many are going to Tyler Scott, and this Josh many are Wiley. going to Michael Young, and Josh Wiley, and Lenny Taylor. And by the time you get to a, a Will Pauly, <laughs> how many balls are really good? You know, even if he's outstanding, how many balls are you really going to get? Now, you know, I, I, I could see. A guy like Brian Threats, maybe work his way up a spot or two in that safety rotation if he continues to perform well throughout the season. Um, I just don't know. Like, I could see Cam Jr. Uh, I could see Leroy Bowers finding their way into special teams. But, you know, here's the other, like, some of those special team spots are already spoken for by guys like Kopech, by guys like Ryan Royer by guys that have earned you know through their time in the program so now maybe you don't have as many of those spots on special teams right uh that that you've had in the past so i i i I wish i had a better answer aaron but i I don't know where there's really significant room for a true freshman it's a good problem to have
0: yeah great great problem to have yeah well and you see like like kobe bryant is a Top of the line gunner on punting. You know, it's like I don't think we'll see Kobe much on punting. Right, but I'm saying like the the staff in the has past, shown yeah, this the staff has shown a propensity to play starters on the special teams as well. When I mean Josh Wiley was always in there on punt block, you know, trying to get through, you know, with, with Ethan Tucky being the one that actually was able to burst through. So, you know, I I think we'll be able to see some freshmen. I I mean, imagine. You know Brian Threats headhunting on kickoff team. It, you know it's just going to be a exciting thing to watch. So I'm uh, Drew Donnelly is a gunner, if right? He can, right.
1: If he if he likes to hit, we don't know that about him yet. But if he likes to hit, yeah, having a gunner with 10 3 speed and a hundred would be would be a good idea.
0: Put a little put a little loft on it, Fletch. Let yeah. Drew Donnelly get down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I it, well speaking of. You know, newcomers, up and comers. Aaron, high school football started this past weekend. It did, and you know, it, it, it seems as if the next crop of freshmen, were this this incoming 2022 class, is getting a lot of talk, a lot of a lot of love, a lot of publicity. I know that from here on out, you're going to be giving us the the recruit roundup. We're going to touch on it a little bit here on the BVP. You know, kind of the the bigger highlights of each past week, and then of course you'll have your you know the roundup for us, but. Were there any things that really stuck out in particular of the 20, 2022 class this past weekend? Um, there were some definitely some things that stuck out. You had uh,
3: Stephen Bird, running back for Canal Winchester. Uh, they start the season one and zero. They won three to twenty five as they beat Groveport did, Madison. Did, don't no no no. We're, not we're that.
1: nipping that. We're nipping. We're nipping that bud in the bud. Twenty-five to three. Nobody wins three to twenty-five. That's not how you win. It
0: was a it was a home. It was a home game. I was given the visitors' score no, first. Always give the larger score first, no matter what. No matter but, what. But I'm not. But, I'm
1: not standing for that on this pod. I'm, no, I'm not standing for that on. But this I podcast.
0: think Aaron. I think Aaron's never been a play-by-play analyst, so we got to give him a little bit of a of Okay, a I'm just. Sure. I'm
1: correcting. I'm making a correction.
0: Can't wait for this time stamp. But, Chad, is, isn't it cringy when you hear someone say three to twenty five? Yeah. yeah, with I... a final score of twenty five to forty nine. It's Why like, like you wait, me wait, sound wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, didn't I, mean, mean to... I mean, I mean, anyway, are so, you, are so you? So twenty?
1: So, so, let's practice. Let's practice. Start that over. All
3: right. So Stephen Bird, canal Winchester twenty five three win over Groveport, Madison Woo! at home, at home. At home. Uh, three touchdowns, nineteen carries, one hundred and thirty yards,
0: three touchdowns,
3: uh, three touchdowns.
0: That's a grown good man at running back. back. Good luck Beast. tackling him as a, a high. Grown man game. at
3: running back. Yep. JQ Hardaway on the number six team in Alabama. Uh, he had three solo tackles, one tackle for loss, and a pick Ooh. in a forty-two to twenty-three win over God. Peach County. You're
1: good. He's You're back good. in
3: Alabama. That's where Phoenix city is
1: he's last year. He played high school in, in Georgia.
3: Georgia. Yeah. Well, right right now he's in Alabama, according to Phoenix.
1: That's what what I was asking. Yes. He's back in Alabama.
3: Okay. Uh, I was unaware of that. That's all. CJ Doggett junior for Pickerington central in a 26, seven win over Washington had a couple tackles for a loss, a forced fumble, a 30-yard run, and a half a sack for a safety. Ooh! As he is part of the number 56 team in the nation. Um, and next week, they will be hosting Elder. Elder just beat Covecalf. Um They're the number three team in Ohio. Uh, also on that team is Tyler Gillison, who had three tackles, a sack, two receptions, 32 yards, and a touchdown. So our boys are doing something for the number fifty-six team in the nation. There, uh, Ethan Green. <laughs> he says, "Give it that, to us! Give it he, to us!" He says the teams just like to run away from him. Um, but he had four tackles for a loss. Um, they play a team called Start next week. I don't, I don't know what Start is, but that's that's who they play. Is, is their arch
1: rival Stop?
0: Maybe. I, I, I can could only no. hope. Or go,
3: maybe.
1: No, that would be like their, like their, yeah, uh, their
0: subsidiary.
1: Yeah, that's the the women's team. Go.
0: Yeah. We got start and go coming in. Uh,
3: but his team is the number 79 team in Ohio right now. Start me up. Um, and then stop me up. No, right. stop. Okay. Right. Jonathan Harder <laughs> had four pancakes, no sacks, given up and four tackles. Uh, and they played, actually, Jonathan Thompson's team um, in a seventeen twelve win. And they play Olin Tangi Berlin plays Olin Tangi Orange next week. They're the number thirty seven team in Ohio. A lot of teams didn't play this week, um, especially out of state. Um, as you look at a lot of schools getting ready to start their seasons in the next couple weeks, so and
1: you be, will have you will have. Written updates on Sunday nights.
0: That's that's the idea. You, you know, and of course the, the pinnacle, my 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 alumni uh, Cathedral Irish. We did pull out a victory as well. If you want to get that little side as well, but uh, aside from that, Aaron, thank you very much for the roundup. Uh, it seems like the basketball team is back on campus. Chad, you didn't make it out to Mio's for the welcome back party, but uh, no, I didn't. It looked like it was a it was a good good turnout seemed like uh, everyone was having a good time. I don't know if you got any, any inside info on that, but everyone was also back first people, practice. People were,
1: at, people were at a bar having fun What what kind of inside info.
0: I mean, I mean, I could get a lot of inside <sighs> info. But the basketball on a, team on showed up. a bar up. having fun. Whew. But anyway, the team is back. First off, first thing I recognize, Odie Oguamo with a buzz cut. Yes, that is Odie in the picture with the buzz cut. Um, it just reminds me. There are so many new faces. On this team this year. Excited to see what they're able to bring. And it, it, it's coming quick. It's right around the corner. Um, Chad, you guys. Said. Uh, that's what I heard. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> a huge, Yeah, yeah. Either way, either way, you slice it. But Chad, you guys touched on the <laughs> Miami of Ohio ordeal in the BCJ pod. Didn't want to really touch on it too much more, other than just saying, how about the complete and utter domination by the Bearcats in recent both? for the victory belt and in basketball I think it was it's combined 27 in a row something like that. I mean that's uh yeah. a pretty lopsided uh, you know rivalry if you will but that game will be up in Oxford. I'm I'm hoping the three of us can make the trip. A little you know a little Oxford fun afterwards on a Wednesday night. Who knows. But no.
1: maybe you, not me. Okay. okay. I'm I have expi- my age on Oxford has expired. Uh, unless I'm like my daughter goes there and I stop by for parents weekend or something.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you're not going to let her go to Oxford though.
1: She goes wherever she wants to go. I'm not making like her go that. anywhere.
0: I like that. I like that. But aside from that, I don't know. I guess the only question is, did every player make it back on campus? As all systems go from what you have been able to hear your birdies or whatnot about yeah, just I've,
1: the I've, return I've to heard practice? Of, I've heard of no issues. Good. Including everybody, you know, likes to have conspiracy theories, right? My understanding is that they had the the meet the Bearcats Victor Locken, that they released today. They did. Victor Victor is on campus. I saw him. Uh, what was that Saturday? The to last Sat, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before when they had the uh, scrimmage at Nippert. Right. I saw Vic walking from the apartments uh, over to. Towards campus without a knee brace on,
0: and he was walking.
1: He was walking, yes, without a knee brace on. Okay. And my understanding is he'll be he'll be at practice this week and and good to go.
0: So, a little do do we play the Twilight Zone music after that, or we just kind of let it fly?
4: What, what it is,
0: <laughs> let it fly. <laughs> let it fly. Speaking of episode five coming out on Thursday, can't wait to see it. Let it fly. Great, great series here. Uh, yet again, I saw the what the college football account of Yahoo said. If you could do a hard knocks of any college football team, I mean, come on. College, get a grip. It's happening. Let it fly. It's, yeah, it's, it's current, already being done. Currently happening in your face. Watch it. Yahoo. Anyway. Don't call all you Yahoo's out there. Um, anything else before we dive into this mailbag? We're, we're kind of having a nice, strong, concise, you know, run around. We might,
3: we might make it under two hours. We'll see. I'm, I'm feeling but good I'm, about
0: it. But It's like 30 questions.
3: It is that it's a deep mailbag, and it was all in the, in the football side, which was
0: odd because normally everybody likes to spread them out all over the place. But well, well, this was a strong football one because you know, three players in ESPN's top 100. Yes, people are a little frustrated about my being ranked so low, but how about that? Tell me the last time that you could boldly say we've got three of the top 100 players, according to another news website. How about that? Fantastic.
1: Tony Marty and who would have been the third one on I that mean,
4: team? I
0: mean, the, the defense was kind of because because you lose the two stud, what you know, cornerbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, Isaiah, maybe, but he at that kinda, point
1: wouldn't have been a, the top 100 you know, player. In the Jacob Ramsey was
0: the one that was taking the snaps before, I mean, right. I don't know. They would would it maybe be Armand Benz wasn't on there because Bones Barnett was more of the the receiver that was blowing up before him. Yeah, I don't know. Would it be Dominique Battle? <laughs> would it be Barwin wasn't I mean, on that team.
1: No, no Barwin graduated. Kelsey wasn't. Daniels Kelsey, was the guy. Kelsey hadn't really become like a thing yet. No, was
3: Walter he clean Stewart. shaven back then? By the way, because. Uh,
1: scruffy, clean shaven.
3: You know, clean shaven doesn't hit the
0: same for him. I think. I think the rest of the country would agree with you.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'll let him know you don't approve. Yeah,
4: I'll. Uh,
0: I'll also. Let know. I don't want but, that smoke. Chad, yeah, Andre, Revels, maybe J.K. Schaefer.
1: I mean, they wouldn't have been top. We're talking top one hundred players right. in the entire country.
0: No, I'm saying. Maybe. I'm saying that they probably wouldn't be.
1: Right, no, I mean I mean what? I don't really see anybody I would have had
3: no. on that list. No. Neither Kelsey, no. not Travis or or Jason.
1: Well, Travis was a baby at that point in time. Pat O'Donnell, yeah. maybe. Yeah, he but he was a were, freshman that year. Were there any specialists
0: that on that at all? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, but um, Pat
1: O'Donnell's had a pretty damn successful career in the NFL. So,
0: yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's I mean, what? Derek Wolf was young. Walt. Yeah, I said Walter, but I, I mean, he was kind of that was what his his freshman, sophomore year, red, right? No,
1: red, red shirt, sophomore year. So red he was kind of coming year. into his own.
3: Right.
0: Again, not top 100, though.
1: Uh, maybe like he was kind of projecting at that point,
0: Jeff Linkenbach. But, but Chad, you got to remember that team wasn't preseason ranked. I don't think. And no, so, I don't know.
1: They weren't. I think last they year weren't. was the first time you UC's ever been ranked in the preseason.
0: So, I mean, yeah. So it's like how much notoriety and love are they getting outside of, you know, sophomore
1: like, Derek Wolf. There were some guys that would have been top 100 guys down the road. Right. But not at that time.
0: Okay, Not quite like this.
3: Mailbag. Which famous myth generated more buzz in Bearcat lore? Red Helms or Black Turf? Are there others that I'm missing? Red Helms, because
1: Black Turf lasted like a day and that got debunked. Red Helms is still going, you know, 15 (laughs) years later.
0: Right, but the Black Turf, man. Come, come on. That was like. It burned hot and fast. That was picked up by ESPN, picked up by all the major, major yeah, sports that makes, companies.
1: That makes it a bad inside joke because everybody knows about it. You want to really have an inside joke, you got to talk about Red Helms. Right. Well. Who, I, who the hell is Red Helms?
0: You know what? I and, and who was it that started it? Was it? uh It was Eric Lilly. Eric Lilly. My boy. Shout out Eric Lilly. But um no, I, I you you've gotta give a little love to the black turf because when I saw that I wanted it to be true more than anything.
3: Oh,
1: I wanted I knew, it. I knew it was fake, so
3: it would have been a thousand degrees
1: and yeah, unsafe. Yeah.
0: But it would but have especially, been
1: awesome. Especially when I heard it would have cost a hundred thousand dollars to paint the turf black once.
0: Wasn't it a night game though?
1: You can't no, do it. it. Was just it wasn't anything.
0: It was no. Anything. I know, but I, but like they were doing the lead up to it. But yes, okay, sure. I know it was fake, obviously. So they did because the Bearcat and Michael Warren were the ones that painted it. Duh. I mean, come on. Obviously, it was fake. <sighs> Moving on.
3: <laughs> In
0: light of the recent Justin
3: Williams article, which member of the BCJ staff is most likely to survive a bar three class with Amy Fickle?
1: I've already answered this. None. None. I'm Rex, all in. She would kill you.
3: I. I she would I, kill both that, of you. That's fine. I've done hot yoga. The question is, who would survive it? I would survive. I would be uncomfortable thereafter. For You'd be unconscious. I don't think that I'm any less out of shape than Justin Williams. Fair point. He's like ten years younger than you. That's fine. We still have like the same body build.
0: I say bring it on.
3: He's a little taller.
1: I'm I'll younger you than Justin time, Williams. The 6 a.m. version. And you guys can go meet Amy Fickle. and do, I don't and know, and know if do he's it. going back
4: ever again.
1: <laughs> Justin? No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They wiped saying. him out for like a week. Unreal. The, Hats we off to Justin. These, we keep getting these, like, how athletic is the BCJ staff? We're not fucking athletic. That's why we cover
0: sports. Don't play them. Hey, hey! don't speak for all of us. I've got a little bit in the tank still. Just because you think you're athletic doesn't mean you're athletic. (laughs) Relative. It's all
3: relative.
0: (laughs) Best all-time
3: players at each position for the football program. You can just choose offense or defense because naming all positions may take too long for one episode. So I think we should do this. I think you should go offense because it's sexier
4: just okay. in general.
3: Okay. And I think we should do one offensive lineman, a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, I'm not doing five offensive linemen. You kiss my ass on that. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: offensive lineman's easy. Jason Kelsey. Yes,
0: yeah. Jason Kelsey. Close second is my uncle, John Tushar. Next. Quarterback.
1: I mean, the old people will kill, the olds will kill us if we don't say Greg Cook. Right, But right. I think the answer is Gino of like yeah. the modern era
0: of UC football. And But I will also throw in that there was not really a – there There hasn't been a quarterback since Tony Pike where I felt confident each time that he was releasing the football that was going to be a completion. So, um, oh. yes. Gino, Tony Pike was a walking interception. Gino's my pick. Gino's my <laughs> pick. Gino's my pick. But Tony, man, I mean, that game against Rutgers when he was just whoop, I was just uh, that game against Virginia
1: Tech when he thought he played for
0: Virginia Tech. I was there; it was horrible. <laughs> Sheesh! It, it made it terrible. But yes, Gino is the answer. No well, doubt. I think that Greg Cook is the answer, but I
3: think I'm right. going
1: to go with right. Gino. I right. think
3: Des has at least a a case to make he this does. year. He does, and that's Greg why i hope he heard this. Pick. But I just, I just Top wanted to, pick. I wanted to put a a asterisk on the answer that. Des could potentially yeah. do some things this year.
0: Let's see something, yeah.
3: Des. Wide
1: receiver, so, Marty. I think it's, it, gotta it, I think it's got to be Marty. I think it's got to be Marty. Like especially if you count in the special teams, yeah. like the, the way that he could just change games. Yep. In a snap,
0: the seashells to be Marty. I mean, I mean that game against Oklahoma. What that, that was his junior year, right?
1: Yeah, he kept them at, like they were. They get blown. out. Out by Oklahoma if Marty doesn't keep them in that relatively that was,
0: close. That was kind of the, the not the coming out party of the team under Brian Kelly, but it was kind of the okay, this team is battling. It's it's and it was something.
1: it was it was nationally like who is this who who is this number right. one for Cincinnati? Right. That dude's electric
0: yep. beast
3: running so back, moving moving to running back. I think you'd have to go with Pete, right? I, yeah, I think you go, Pied. yeah. You got Pete on,
1: no doubt. I, I mean, mean, the olds are, again, going to – they're going to laugh at me because I'm pretty much one of the olds at this point. <laughs> but the olds, again, will have a couple names of guys that had great careers running the ball for the Bearcats. But right, uh, let's say we're, we're doing this from, from like 1990 forward.
0: Yeah.
1: I would go with Pete.
0: I mean, Michael Warren had just absurd volume, and so the stats yeah, are there. I
1: mean, Warren's probably close because he also was a huge factor in, like, getting this thing back on track. Right. Um, but, I mean. First player it,
3: to jump from a junior. I mean, who knows
0: what he could have done as a senior. Yeah.
1: yeah. But Pete was electric, man. Oh, he was
0: so good. Shout out George Wynn for one fantastic season as well. Yeah. And then we moved to Ty- tight end. It's not I mean, Travis Kelsey. I mean, yeah, it can't be. Well, but his senior year, he did some things. He was okay, but he
1: wasn't all time great.
0: He was not good, like, not like he has in I'm the not NFL. Saying he was bad, right? Right. No, you I'm got not. recency bias there, Brent. No, no, no. I, I mean, if you look at his senior stats, because I was actually looking it up. I mean, he he had better stats than a lot of tight ends that you would think. But Brent Selik is my answer.
1: I think that would be my answer too. I think I would go Selik.
3: Deguara puts up a fight. But I, I think it is solid. Yeah, I think and Deguar, I think DeGuar puts up a fight. I think Deguara puts up a better fight than than Kelsey, truthfully. I mean, Travis
0: Kelsey, senior year. If you look it up, his his stats are I'm talking hard. about one year, not a not a career of work. Understood, understood. But hey, tight end, you, Josh Wiley. Let's see what he can do this year, huh? Another aspect.
3: Right. Good question,
0: McChicken like Eleven.
3: It. You want to do defense real quick? If we're going to do it that quick, I, I think that was relatively quick. Anyway. Yeah. Um I think we should do again just corner safety linebacker defensive line. Not to get like too intricate.
0: Mm. Unless you want to do end and interior. Yeah, let's do end and interior. That's fine. All right, start with what? D end. D'n's tough. Alex Daniels. Anthony Hoke. Barwin, Hoke. My J.
1: My J's not there yet. Wolf's Silverberry interior. Wuhan. Walter Stewart had an
0: incredible
1: career. He did. Man, that's – D-end is tough because you had a lot of guys also that played DN end that kind of like as they move forward professionally yeah, were more like outside linebackers. Trent Cole. Trent Cole. I, I, I think that might be the pick.
3: Ooh, I forgot about Trent Cole. I've met that dude so many times. He used to come mm-hmm. up and hang out up in Dayton when I was going to school up there. <laughs>
1: I think Trent Cole might be the pick. It has to be, I think.
0: Him, Anthony Hoke, uh Alex Daniels. Alex Daniels was well, but that was just one year. But he was yeah. obviously really good. Um, I think I think we'll go final answer, Trent Cole.
1: I'm down with that. By the way, yeah. career stats for Travis Kelsey. 59 catches, 875 yards, 10 touchdowns.
0: And all career from his senior year.
1: 722 yards his senior year, 45 catches, eight touchdowns. Yep. So yeah.
0: All I, I can't I can't
1: make him the goat of UC football tight end history
0: because he was the hybrid quarterback. If you remember when they ran those they ran the yeah. Wildcat with him near the goal line was what he was leading up to that senior year.
1: 2009, he had eight attempts, 47 yards, two touchdowns. Is that uh,
0: right? short yardage quarterback? Yeah. So
1: um, interior. Derek Wolf. Wolf probably Wolf, yeah. Probably Wolfie.
0: Carol Bird was awesome to watch too. I, Bird was great. I love college. seeing it
1: great in college, so good. Um,
0: John Hughes,
1: yeah. Hughes definitely deserves some mention there. I think I would go with Wolf over Hughes, but and the crazy yeah. thing is, those two guys played next to each other,
3: yeah. Right? Can you bring up Broughton?
1: I think you could bring up Cortez and Cope, yeah. For Copen sure, was
0: really good too, yeah.
3: But I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily elevate them above Derek Wolf, but I think he'd be in the conversation.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they get mentioned for sure. I
0: agree.
4: I agree.
1: Um, Linebacker. J.K.
0: J.K. was kind of just that middle linebacker going to just eat up sacks. I mean, tackles was what he was. I mean, Walt is kind of. He, well, he played the but he played linebacker. He, he played, played D. N.
1: both DN mostly when he was. I mean, he played a little bit of linebacker, but he, I, I would classify him as a DN,
0: right?
3: Safety, um, like, oh, uh, we were still making another point. Well, I
0: Connor, mean, we, we, Connor we on
1: linebacker. Connor Barwin was a DN. He,
0: he played stand up a little bit. He
1: played linebacker in the NFL.
0: Yeah.
1: Standing up does not make you a line like that's not audit that doesn't. Right. Justin and I've had this argument a couple times uh, <laughs> throughout camp
0: because they were standing like, up my J a little bit. Yeah,
1: standing up does not like that. That's not automatic qualification of just because you didn't have your hand down, you're now a linebacker. Right? No, I get you. I get um, you. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think JK is the safe play. Although, like uh, Brian Wright had once he moved and got comfortable. Mm-hmm. He had a heck of a run at linebacker. Uh, Eric Miner, or uh, Jalen Miner, Eric Wilson. Right. Eric Wilson had a really good run at linebacker. I don't think it gets as much credit because it was right in the middle of the Tuberville fiasco.
3: Well, he had maybe the biggest glow-up in the NFL than anybody outside of
1: Travis. He worked his way from non-roster to special teams ace to starting linebacker like and I love Derek Wilson I loved Eric Wilson that was a good dude um corner is Mickens. now that can that is that is on the verge of changing if sauce has a team <coughs> all american year then it's sauce.
3: Well, but for I, right
1: now, until that happens, it's Mickens.
3: I know it's not an easy stat to look up, but how many touchdowns did Mickens give up in his career? Not many.
1: That's a, Mickens was a first-team All-American Listen, corner.
3: I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just know. throwing this out there because I don't know. I don't know that any of us know. We only know Sauce because he's making sure that everyone knows. Well, pro football focus is making
1: sure everyone knows.
3: And pro football, they, football yeah. focus wasn't a thing back then. Oh, they Mickens are they there. are all over the <laughs> sauce.
0: They, pro they, they
3: have their
1: fingers in the sauce.
4: Pro oh, football they are,
0: they are dripping in the sauce. But the answer is Mickens because For when now. a young when a young lad puts puts some puts a player as his Facebook profile pick, either he's an ugly guy or or he's got a primetime player. Right there, and, and and my two Facebook profile picks were Mike Mickens and John Reek. If I'm saying That's that. Weird. that name right, so you know, just J- John Reek because it was kind of funny. But a lot Mick of rains, Mickens. I, Mike Mickens, seen a lot of rains, John. Exactly, exactly. but Mike Mickens is is the answer there. But sauce is also the answer. So um, safety, Haruki, oh Default? yeah, I love oh, yeah. Haruki. Defoe, yeah. Would
1: would you take Haruki or Derek Forrest?
0: Like, if you had to pick a safety. (laughs) Ah, man.
3: Who was was the white kid that played back there from Coleraine? Drew Fry? Oh. uh, From Coleraine? I think he was from Coleraine. There was a white kid before Haruki, I believe.
0: I don't know. I know. Oh, you're thinking about Pat Lambert. <laughs> I don't
1: Cincinnati, think that's a... Cincinnati Football Hall of Famer, Pat Lambert. I, I had to get on Shark a little bit
0: <laughs>
1: this week because she's 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 being pretty hard on Pat she's picking and then let it fly at it. Right. Said, you know, I said, you know, that's a UC Hall of Famer, right? And she looked at me like, shut Shit. up. No, he's not. And I'm like, yes, he is. He had a ceremony. He was inducted. Pat Lambert is in the UC Football Hall of Fame. Because you were part of that team, boy. Because he was a part of the 2009 team. <laughs> no, I think, I, I mean. Pat brings, that, Pat brings that on himself. Pat likes to chirp. And I, I wouldn't, here's here's the thing. I, I was thinking about this after that conversation with Shark. You know the old days, like the, the pen is mightier than the sword? Don't mess with the person with the video camera. Right. And the, and the editorial control. Because they will make you look bad. Pat, we're going to find out. We saw the, the clips of, of Shark taking down Pat in uh, a game of one-on-one. <laughs> Shark played Division One basketball. Why are you challenged? Pat challenged her to a game of one-on-one. That's terrible planning. <laughs> what are you thinking, Pat?
3: Names that Bleacher Report brought up. From since 1990, that we didn't bring up, uh, Artrell Hawkins, no comment. <laughs> uh, Blue Adams,
1: Blue Adams, very good, still coaching college football.
3: Andre Frazier,
1: Frazier was an excellent defensive player.
3: Um, Philip Curry,
1: I don't know anything about Philip Curry,
3: 94 to 97, uh, apparently, uh, one of the best linebackers in school history. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, number, I'm not well number,
1: versed on Philip Kirk. For sure, number I number two that.
3: tackler with 487. Yep, okay. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Garns.
1: Sam Garns, uh, yes, aware.
3: Uh, Antoine Peak. That's a big Peak name that we, we forgot.
1: Yeah, I thought we mentioned Peak at some. We I don't. We might not have.
3: Um, Brad Jackson.
1: Ooh, Brad Jackson's a good one. Mm-hmm. He might have. He might've been the choice at linebacker.
3: Well, he's number two on their all-time defensive list. And I don't know when this list was put together, but okay. he might've just... been
1: Brad. Jack- I might have to change from, from JK to, to Brad Jackson.
0: That Fair linebacker. Enough.
3: Fair enough. I mean, he's uh, on this list. JK is number 13 defensive players all time. And, uh, Jackson was the... number,
1: who's number one,
3: Jackson's number two, uh, Michael Woods from 75 to 77. So I, old heads. No yeah. Yeah. Old heads. Uh, he was known as War Daddy, though, which that might be the best nickname I've
1: ever heard in my mm. life. We might have to make him number one just on on that. War Daddy. Known as yeah. War Daddy? Are you yeah. kidding me right now? That's a badass Could, <laughs> nickname. Chad Brendel, a.k.a. War, War Daddy.
3: Daddy. I would uh, sign uh, all of my signatures <laughs> War as Daddy. War Daddy. <laughs> right? I'd have that made. Like, my license now <laughs> says War Daddy.
1: Would you have a necklace like Sauce does that just said War Daddy?
3: No, I it would be inked on my body.
0: <laughs> I liked daddy. uh I liked Aaron Webster too. He was a he was a safety I really liked.
1: But he really only got one year of shine because he was behind Underwood and and Haruki.
0: Right.
3: Right. Other names we did mention, by the way, uh Derek Wolf was number five, uh Mickens was number or, well, Trent Cole was number ten, uh Terrell Bird was number twelve, JK was number thirteen, Mickens was fourteen. Um so we were at least on in, in the right airspace. Connor Barwin was number
0: 20. Jeff Luke as well. That was a good one. Uh
1: one year really. I mean he had yeah. two, but one year really where he was where like he was the, the main guy.
0: Dominating that was
1: Jeff Luke was the gun show though.
0: Oh,
4: yeah. Like Jeff so Jeff, big.
0: Luke,
1: Jeff Luke, Jeff could have been in the in the WWE with like twenty seven inch pythons.
0: Didn't he wear wear a single digit number two? Trying to remember. I think so. Number we've made it through something.
3: like three questions and we've taken 25. All right, next minutes. question.
0: Move on. Move on. Next question. Which BCJ? Say, con- Jeff war number one,
1: fun. by the way. This, this this was a really good week for questions. I liked the direction of the questions this week. Simple. Much better than last but, week. But good. Right.
3: Uh, best now, all time. But- we, we already did that one. Uh, which BCJ contributor is most likely to survive a post apocalyptic world and why does Aaron die first? Because they would feed me to the wolves. Uh, P.S. Will the chicken sandwich wars of 2019 be the root cause of said end of the world? And if it is the end, which sandwich are you picking?
1: Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich is the winner without question. Uh, A close, a a distant second is the Monterey Ranch chicken sandwich from Camp High Ground.
4: Chick-fil-A's got a
3: dope spicy chicken sandwich, though. It's nowhere close to Popeye's.
1: It is nowhere close. You're so white.
3: You're not
0: wrong. Sneaky one that I tried. (laughs) Hey, KFC's chicken sandwich is pretty good. KFC's is
1: too much crunch. I don't like all, like, I don't like, a. I like a crunchy.
3: Right. Like piece of chicken. You like your chicken with batter, not your batter with chicken.
1: Well, I like, I like like extra crunchy, like fried chicken. But on my chicken sandwich, right. style, take it back. Like They don't need to go back one notch. They need to go back two. Who would survive post-apocalyptic uh, world? Me. Because I could live in a bunker by myself for decades. I
3: don't like people.
1: I, I do not like people at all.
3: So I would talk to good. too many
0: people and end up getting myself in a bad situation. I would be
3: sacrificed. Not because I wanted to be, but because you would push me there
1: because you would be easy to sacrifice
3: i'm the smallest
0: (laughs) i would say those those people over there might be smaller let's go talk
1: brett brett might be smaller than you he's he's skinny so i might be i might
3: i might not be the first to go (laughs) oh
1: i'm tossing stein to the zombies
3: (laughs) 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 all right Will we set a record for sacks in a season? What will be the over-under for Notre Dame and Indiana? I'm guessing 40 Notre Dame band, 50 for – I think that was supposed to be and uh, – and 50 for Indiana.
1: Um, I don't know what the single-season sack record is, uh, but I think they'll get pretty close because I think once you get into AAC play, this defensive line is going to – get to the quarterback a well, lot or and, and the teams first will be games, down
0: yeah and teams will it's be just, down so they'll have to throw more
1: i can't say with any certainty that they'll break the sack record because I, I it could be massive and i just don't for, know what it is
3: for a team or for a player for team team okay well keep talking i'll keep looking
1: um but i, I think it's going to be a significant number points the over under like notre dame i do expect it to be a little bit lower just because one notre dame's offense is is going to be fairly new new offensive line with four new guys quarterback quarterback yeah um yeah i would guess notre dame in in the 40s i could see indiana in the 50s although I, i don't think indiana gets enough credit that's a good defense
0: it is yeah like
1: i'm not saying they're a top ten defense, but I'd be surprised if Indiana's not a top twenty five level defense, right? I and mean, you're you're closer to that than me, Brent. Wouldn't you agree? Like they they sneaky. They've got good corners. They've got they good linebacker. They've got good linebacker D yeah. line. Yeah, like I, I don't think that's a team you're just marching up and down the field on. Um, if Indiana's in the fifties, that's gonna. I mean, that's gonna be a tough one to to, to bet.
4: Well,
0: and well, and also they, the whole. Thing that you know, Allen is trying to push in Indiana is the kind of the same thing that Lucas. You know, it's it's yeah, we're in the trenches on defense. Yeah. defense. You know, and so it's kind of kind of that same thing. And and they've got but, three in the top one hundred as well, including one as a cornerback and and Thailand. uh So I yes, I think that the defense is is a lot better than it's giving getting the the love for.
1: I think people look at that and they hear Penix and they hear fryfogel fryfogel yeah. And they think that they've been doing this strictly on offense. No. When no. actually I think their defense is probably better than their offense. I think
4: it is. Yeah.
1: If you're really like digging down on Indiana, I think their defense is a step, not a big step, but a step above where they are offensively. No, I agree. Their offensive line is not great. No.
0: I mean, Sorry. which, which these upstart teams you see that they no, that's the hardest thing to build. Yeah. They're, they're see, able to get it this, here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So no, I agree. I agree. I think their defense is actually better than their offense, but they do have a playmaker at quarterback, which suddenly makes their offense get that love. And an
1: elite, wide, an elite wide receiver that can go up and get 50, 50 balls. Ty Fryfogle and sauce is maybe the matchup of the year.
4: Oh Yeah.
3: Yeah. For this Bearcats team. All right, let's go. Wasn't able to find it. Sorry, guys. Um, okay, no worries. Somebody any, update, will find it. any update to the football team's vaccination status?
1: Very. Uh, the number is very close to 100. So
3: if it. Brady is joining, he was. We did talk about the Ohio State Binders. You're welcome. If this Comcast Xfinity deal with the ACC... No idea. All right. We'll I, I, see. I don't know. So at this point, it is wishful thinking. If you could be Any animal, real or imaginary, what would it be and why? Hmm. I did a whole report on cheetahs. I wanted to be a cheetah.
1: I think I want to be a... (laughs) I'll take heat for this, right? I think I want to be a cat. Oh, God. Like a domesticated cat. Because you just sleep all day. Like, you wake up whenever you want to wake up. And you just walk around and fuck with people.
3: Your back would feel so much better.
1: My back would feel great. You always land on your feet. Like I, a, a dog would be probably my number two. Just both the domesticated animals where you could just like lay around and chill. But if I was a dog, I'd be afraid I'd get some bitch that wanted to like put me on a leash and have me run next to her bike for like
3: 15 miles. I thought you meant a girlfriend.
1: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was, I didn't mean that. But like, I'm, I'm afraid I would get somebody that's like, come on, buddy, you want to go for a run? No, I have a bed. We're in the air conditioning or the heat in the winter. Like I got a little machine over here that drops food in my bowl whenever the hell I'm hungry. Like, I, no, but I, I think a cat, because cats like generally just plot the demise of the people that own them. And I think I would be good with that.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, bald eagle. Cause I want to be able to fly. I want to see what it's like to fly a little bit. And you know, I'm like the guy that everyone's like, oh, look at, look at that. Look at that guy, America. You know, I, I am America for a guy. Get your they're boots also, on
1: Aaron. It's getting a little deep in here.
0: They're also vultures <laughs>
3: with a better PR agent. So there is yeah, that
1: they are vultures with a better PR agent. Have you guys ever been next to one of those things? Yes. No. So we used to, I used to, I worked at Q102 for a long time and we used to do stuff with the zoo. And they would, Thane Maynard would bring the, the bald eagle out every, every now and again. And it flexed on me one time. And I, <laughs> I, I, I peed a little. Like, just a little dribble. Yeah. It was just a little dribble. But I, like, they're, like, even when they just flat, like when they, they bow up on you, oh. it's like six feet. <laughs> no, he just like, he was standing there because they were getting ready to do a TV hit. And I, like, took the, a step the wrong way that he didn't like. And he gave me one of, like, those, you know, raise your shoulders. Like, you need to back up. And I was like, it with your hey, chest. Bro. <laughs> hey, bro. Like, he, was, he said it with his chest. He was like, you need to back up. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. I'm going, there's a van <laughs> over there. <laughs> and I'm going to go sit in it until this segment is done. Those things are frightening up close.
3: Imaginary, I think a Griffin would be pretty badass
1: yeah
3: yeah that's that's taking your your eagle stuff and kind of no i mean yeah doubling but it up
1: no, i i i just want to be a domestic cat because you can do whatever like people like their cats do whatever the hell they want to do all
3: right what's the strangest thing you've ever seen a stranger do in public i feel like chad's got a great story for this i once saw a man drag his friend by his legs face down behind him on gravel and pavement to his car riverbend during a rush concert <laughs> I just um, hope I haven't ever been the story. Oh,
1: for sure. You have.
3: I'm question. sure I have
1: I've seen you intoxicated. You've been the story. Uh, I like there's most of those stories. I can't tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I was about to say, I, I could probably write a book of the things I've seen, but I'm most not going to say it stories, on the podcast. I don't,
1: I don't know that I could <laughs> tell. Um, Well, no, no. Um, I did have a, uh, this is a good one. Again, working for Q and two for a long time. We used to work concerts and every year we had to work the Jimmy Buffett concert. Mm -hmm. And the problem with, with working concerts was you had the station vehicle that you had to park inside the venue. And if you parked inside the venue, there was one simple rule. You could not leave until everyone else had already left the venue.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: So
1: you had to wait for the entirety of the lawn to clear out, which could take like an hour and a half. So I'm sitting in the van, just listening to the radio, waiting, you know, for, uh, for everybody to get the hell out of there. And there's a, girl that went to the bathroom and her boyfriend was standing there like like waiting while she was in the bathroom and while he was standing there some he like tried to hit on another girl they were you know obviously highly intoxicated Right. he tried to say what's up to another girl outside the ladies room while his girlfriend was in the bathroom And uh, her boyfriend and his friend were there and they dropped him one punch. Bang! Sleep. (laughs) So his girlfriend comes out of the bathroom and he's just out. And everybody's (laughs) freaking out. You know how people are. Like, they see somebody take one punch and and go to sleep. Right. Like, everybody is freaking out. And this girl comes out of the bathroom, like, why is my boyfriend knocked out? It's mm-hmm. like, well, he tried to hit on that girl over there, and her boyfriend did not like it. And now your boyfriend's taking a nap. <laughs> good night. <laughs> good gone. night.
0: No, I've got, I've got a book full. Book full. Of I, I do. Like, I've got a book. Right. I, I know, but but I, I, could, I could tell in different. Settings, let's just say, most recently, here. there was a fish concert a few weeks ago, and I walked down Shakedown Street. Google that if you need to. But um, that's, my yeah, would, that's my most I recent. That's my most recent. I've been there.
1: Yeah. I would have been there if I could have had somebody cover camp for me.
0: Oh, it was it was it was long before camp was done. So
1: <laughs> no, it was at the start
4: of camp.
0: No, oh I, no, no, no. No, I meant like like camp for the day was done. You you I'm could have just, came, you could have bunked at my place, could have been nice. Little yeah, and then over. get to camp
1: at 7, 8:30 in the morning.
0: I was I was at work in the morning too. We made it. I'm just pleading the fifth. <laughs> <laughs>
3: If you could win a trophy slash championship in any sport, what would it be? Example, Masters, gold medal, World Series, any 500, etc. cetera. 100-meter
1: 100, 100 dash, gold medal. No questions asked.
3: Uh, fastest man in
1: the world. Put it on the table. Yeah. yeah. I am the fastest man in the world. Here's my gold medal.
0: <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. All right. One. Mine, mine, what? Aaron, are you a golfer? Master's no, green jacket would be fun. Um, terrible, but man, I love college basketball. There's there's nothing I love more than college basketball. So I would say uh, national championship and college basketball. Um, I'm gonna go with the uh,
3: MVP of baseball. I think. Oh wow, you're you're like, a me, of not a season. We.
0: Yeah, of a season. Like you're, you're a me, not
3: we. Because huh? I would think that that means that your team had success, so you're probably in the. Championship conversation, anyway. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Just that was the first game I think I fell in love with. So there you go. I like it.
1: You wouldn't want to walk into a bar and just drop your I'm the fastest man in the world. You already took that. I mean, I can't I
3: can't double up on that. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, you, mm-hmm. you make a very good argument for it. Though. Yeah. yeah I,
0: I like the. Like Usain
4: Bolt. Sound
1: effects. Usain Bolt lived his best life for a substantial number of years absolutely yes
3: so this one's directed strictly at chad apparently pick one for each sport who's been your favorite uc athlete to work with over the years basketball and football
1: i think football is fairly easy you say wiley no it's garrett like i love garrett campbell's like my guy i love garrett campbell and it doesn't hurt that he still comes around because he's fini- He's he's going to school to be a doctor. He's finishing at UC. He's a guy that's easy to pick on because his his girlfriend is way too hot for him. Um, but he's going to be a doctor, so it makes sense. Much more sense than Blake Yeager and Jordan Thompson. I still don't understand that one.
0: Um, <laughs> she can walk in. She can walk in and put her yeah. She down can put too. her gold medal right yep. on the table.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, but I, football it would be Garrett just cause Garrett had such a like crazy, you know, he was there six years. He came in as a walk-on with no expectations. He left as a guy that was pretty critical to the beginning of the fickle era. And we had <clears throat> a great relationship. So <clears throat> I would say Garrett Campbell, uh, for
3: football, if we can't get Brady during the season, we'll see if we can get Garrett Campbell, right?
1: Oh, I'd love to have Garrett regularly. I could probably get Garrett regularly to get his thoughts on things.
3: I'm um, just saying, if we don't have access to a coach, that might be an interesting yeah. every other week.
1: And and I loved Kyle Trout, too, who was basically Garrett's best friend uh, through that time. Kyle's been on the BBP or on the, the Bearcat Journal podcast. Uh, so has um, Garrett. So, like, you know, I, a couple of those guys were definitely like fan favorites. I, I love Zach Edwards. Jimmy Zach has been a huh. Jimmy. Jimmy's great. Yeah. Um. Zach Sorry, Edwards was- has been a guy I've been really close to, um, over the years. Tion Green I loved. Tion Green was great because he would be like he's the one example of like he would be. T- 210 pounds and they would get 10 days off to go home and he would come back at like 240. Like, how did you gain 40 pounds, 30, 40 pounds in, in two weeks? Tiani's like, man, we, we did, we ate, (laughs) like we (laughs) ate when I, um, so, uh, those are a couple of the football guys basketball. There's, there's three really that, that, you know, nah, four, but mainly three and then the top two are easy. And I don't know how I would pick between number one and number two. Jake and Gary or not Jake, but, uh, Trey, 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 Scott, Gary Clark
0: and Troy at third.
1: Troy would probably be third. Jake and Kyle would be right there for fourth. Yeah. Uh, cash would be cash would be way up there.
4: Honorable mention.
1: Um, I mean, there was, there was a lot of guys, like I was, I was Deion Dixon. I was really cool with Um, Jaquan Parker. I loved, Uh, I didn't cover DJ, but you know, I've become really close with DJ over the years as well. Um, So a lot like that's, that's probably been the coolest part of like going from you know, fan growing up to covering the program. I've gotten to know a lot of really cool dudes that have, that have worn the c and a lot of them I consider friends. Uh, That part, like you would, you think that would be the cool part, but you got to give credit to a lot of the guys that have have run these programs and recruited this kids these kids here. Cause there've been a lot of really good kids over my 16 years. So it's a hard you know, a hard thing to answer, but uh, only be only for good reasons, because there's been so many of them that I've really enjoyed covering.
3: All right. What's your preferred tailgate food menu item? Second question for Chad, as he frequents many of the tailgates, which tailgate group or groups has the best food spreads?
1: Uh, the Simone family tailgate. Hello.
4: <laughs>
1: they switch it up every week. They have a theme that they go with. Most of the time, that theme is uh, is designed uh, around the opponent that week. Uh, but if they don't have an obvious one that's you know linked to that opponent, then they they go out on their own. Um, so, are you
3: saying for Miami we should expect some type of chicken wing?
1: Like maybe a, a, I don't know a, I a
3: bird wing or or I,
1: I haven't. Uh, maybe something pink with a popped collar. I don't know. i don't know how you turn that into food but uh uh the the other i mean most of the places especially the bigger tailgate you're in a tough spot because you're producing a lot of food for a lot of people uh it depends on like are you there when the food comes off the grill or you know are you there you know two hours later when the food's been sitting in a pan for a while um So I don't don't want to do that to any of those guys because they're dealing with like uh, a wide array of of goals that they're set to accomplish by running those tailgates. Um, I've never had bad food from any of them. None of them have made me sick. The number one tailgate that you should go to this year is at Clifton Mio's where Bearcat Journal will be hosting a live show two hours before every game. Show up, get your grub on. Maybe grab a beer and support Bearcat Journal and the BBP.
3: Please don't judge At, me for whatever Week One turns into.
1: Yeah, we're. It's, I don't know. Work in progress. We're, we're working on. It. Yeah, it's a work in progress still.
3: Under construction. We're,
1: we're we're twelve days out. We're still putting we're still putting drywall up in, in the in the spare bedroom. Working on Our, it.
3: I, I would say best tailgate item for me is any type of dog or sausage or brat or met or just anything that you're throwing on a grill that I can put in a bun and I can have like three or four of. Yeah.
1: I, I got some, I got, I'll hook you up with something that you can take to your next to your tailgate Aaron.
3: All right. I'm down.
1: Do you like spicy, not Love spicy? spicy?
3: Love spicy. I'll
1: keep that in mind. Brent, what's your what's your go-to tailgate food? Anything that's not served in the press box in Dippert Stadium?
0: <laughs> exactly. Woof. 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 But uh Woof. no, I like handheld. Uh, you know, gimme burger, brat, pizza, but then I also like dips, skyline dip is a fave. Um, you know, a good queso will go a long way. So but more handheld. more handheld. More handheld because I've got one hand holding a bevy and one hand. Holding the handheld. So I can't really go crazy on wings or crazy on ribs because the, the bevy in the one hand is extremely important. So I do
1: because you've got one hand in your pocket and the other one's holding yes. a peace sign.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
3: Flicking a cigarette. Uh, <laughs> feel free to completely ignore since it's so personal, but how's Kelly doing moving on or you want to answer this one?
1: Um, not great at times okay at times. It's, uh, it's a pain in the ass right now because we're still hoping on final word, which I, I think we'll get on Thursday on if she got into her clinical trial, uh, which will take place in September. Um, for those that don't know, the cancer came back. Uh, she's She's been dealing with it pretty hardcore over the past two to three weeks with just you know a lot of pain in her in her legs and knees and hip and all that crap. So that's actually why I wasn't at Mio's uh, on Friday, is because she just was struggling to uh, to get around. Um, so hopefully we get good news on the clinical trial, and we are working on. Um, there's a uh, treatment, uh, immunotherapy that's supposed to be re- uh, cleared by the FDA. Uh, here in December, January, somewhere in there uh, that'll hopefully get her back in remission. So right now it's a pain in the ass and there's a lot of ups and downs and it sucks, but uh, there is some reasons to be optimistic for uh, lights at the end of the tunnel that we are just uh, keeping our eye on those as much as possible. Appreciate the uh, the thoughts and uh, concerns from all of our members it uh it's it's meant a lot over the years that you guys have uh have kept us in your thoughts and prayers. So
3: well obviously Ts and P's kind of are at. Ts and P's are a thing for everybody here. Um, but as Cincy Thoroughbred went on to say in that question, um, he finished it off with speaking for all of BCJ. We're all pulling for you guys and are hoping for the best in regards to the BCJ First Lady. Uh you see
1: Luck luckily she's as awesome as she is because uh <laughs> Uh, a, lot of, a lot of lesser women would not have ever allowed this to happen. So, agreed.
3: You see Mark's back, trying again. <laughs> All right, Mark. Would you prefer playing in week zero, hence you get two buys? If you were in college, what perk of the college athletes do you wish you had? Example of the living situation, food, or academic help?
1: I mean, food, right?
3: Free food's always better. I mean, every time. We all lived through college
1: without the athlete thing. Mm -hmm. And the food part sucked, right? (laughs) Like You're just trying to figure out how you're going to eat the next day a lot of times. So I I would say probably had to be
4: the food.
0: Yeah. I'm all in on food. Yeah, I think my answer is food as well. And as far as having a game in week zero, I think this season – I would have loved to have the Miami game week zero I concur. just because that would have been the, the highlight game of week zero and it would have been a chance to completely showcase what this team has in front of all eyes on the Bearcats. And uh, it would have been a chance to really just, just get even more attention to the team because I mean, week zero it's awesome college football is back, but there's really not any marquee games. All right. Little- I'm a little torn on the
1: week zero thing Mm -hmm. because I definitely like, I like two, two bye bi-weeks more than one, but I guess what I'd say is I need to see where they would be. Right. Like I don't love this year. I I love this year's bye week in the context of where it falls. Right. uh, In between Indiana and Notre Dame, because those two are, are so important and Notre Dame's got to take care of uh, Wisconsin in that in-between week where UC's on a bye. Um, But if the bye week was, you know, two weeks after that, and you don't really get the full benefit out of it, Mm -hmm. then I'd I'd pass on it. But, you know, if the bye week comes in week eight, week nine – and you get a little bit of a respite to get guys back healthy for the stretch run. I guess I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, personally, I, I for this year, I think I would want to have, have had a game this coming week also because it would have given them that desired three weeks at higher ground. Right. So, well, I don't know though, because they would have had to have come back for game week. Right. Yeah. Are you going to do game week at West Harrison, Indiana, or are you going to come back and, and do it at Nippert? So you would have got to go to higher ground a week early. But I guess it, I, this is all train of, you know, uh, yeah. train of thought stuff that, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The week zero thing's interesting. I think I, I probably would have preferred it for this week, but it would have been close. Or for this year, but it would have been close.
0: For me, it's just more exposure this year. That's that's the main. Yeah, year. it would
1: have given you a big time national game. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair.
0: You would have had to have a better opponent though than Miami. I think. No, I don't. I don't. I don't even think it would matter going up against these other games week zero. So.
1: Well, that uh, what people would sell. What you'd really get is like the uh, the history of the rivalry.
0: Yeah. And you can say that Miami won the Mac two years ago, which is, which makes them, <laughs> which gives them a tiny bit of uh, credibility, I guess.
3: All right. So is Jason, Kelsey, oh, oh. Is, is Jason Kelsey the greatest walk-on in UC history? Who rounds out your top five or 10 all-time UC walk-ons? And where is Royer on that list? Well, we yeah, once we are over two hours at this point.
1: Okay, one's Kelsey for sure.
3: Two, Garrett Campbell. Do I get to include basketball? I, it doesn't say. So there, there, are, there are no questions in the basketball mailbag. So feel free.
1: Tobes. Yep. Definitely go with Tobes, it's my favorite basketball walk on. Uh, and then Garrett for sure would be in my top three. Uh, Meeker. I don't know Meeker. I mean, I, I like I I've talked to Meeker. Like I've talked to Meeker before, but I don't know him. Right? I, you know that the, that was before my time. Jackson Bart. Do I, can I can I include Bart?
0: Throw Bart There's, in there.
1: Bart's now a, an assistant at Sierra Canyon.
0: I saw that with
1: with little Bronny and little Wade.
0: They're gonna be like, bearcats.
1: Get get some get some shit done, Bart. <laughs> Bart's my guy. I love Bart.
4: Yeah. Um,
1: football wise, it, uh, Royer's right up. Like I, I love Royer. I love Copay too. Like I, I've just really like I've I've got to know Copay a little bit over the years, but not nearly as much as like this preseason, this lead up. Um, but those two guys cracked me up. I mean, if you haven't seen the video with those two, go watch. It's it's hilarious. Um I love guys that can make me laugh. And and those two are pretty funny. So right, exactly. Raise the roof. (laughs) What else we got? We're getting, we're getting we're getting there, right?
0: We are getting there. Pound them out, Aaron.
3: That's also what she said. Jesus. Uh, one, I had to sorry, I had to read through a response. I'm interested in hearing your ratings for each position group as we close out camp. Sounds like DBs and defensive line would be an A, but wonder how you guys think the rest of the squad stacks up nationally.
1: I don't do grades. All right. So I, I, I think I could rate the position groups. Okay. This
3: is this is somebody I've never seen drop a, a question before. So.
1: Okay, but what I'm going to do, like one through. What, like six or seven or however you like you, you want to you you know stretch mm-hmm. it out i think defensive backs are one okay defensive line is two quarterbacks three mainly because of des and because we saw a pretty significant uh improvement from evan prater Agreed. uh are we are we lumping dbs or are we separating corners and safeties i guess that could that could cuz if we if we're not lumping corners would be 1 d-line would be 2 but then are we responsible for you know ends and tackles no you're
0: lumping
3: dbs lumping i think DBs. you're lumping dbs Lump, okay. especially with the defense that they run okay
1: d-line 1 or d uh, backs 1 d-line 2 quarterbacks 3
3: uh,
0: tight ends four. I disagree.
1: Wide receiver. I will go tight ends four, just because I need to see it from some of these young wide receivers before I jump them up that high.
3: And I'm not mm-hmm. deep enough on on tight end to put the tight ends at, at four. I'd I'd go with wide receivers at four, but but Wiley and I understand. Plenty I mean, at one quality above quantity. Listen, I I, I still think that. Pierce and Michael Young and Trey Tucker and just all the guys yeah, in the I mean, room. Like There's 30 guys in the wide receiver but if, and there's but five there's, in the tight end. But if there's one injury in the wide receiver room, as opposed to one injury in the tight end room.
1: Oh, I think one injury is significant still in the wide receiver room.
3: Yeah. None of those, again,
1: none of, outside of Alec Pierce and Michael Young, Trey, Trey Tucker, Tucker a little bit as a wide receiver. As a jet sweep guy, as kind of a, a gimmick be, guy?
3: I, I mean, it's close enough that we're splitting hairs, but I, I would say... My... I don't
1: think we are. I, I think tight end, because of Josh and Lenny, is at the moment, we are going to have a very different conversation here next year. But we're yeah. not having a next year conversation. We're having a this rooms. year conversation. <laughs> yeah. We're having a this year conversation. Uh, I actually think this will be what's, what's controversial.
0: O-line above would, running backs?
1: No. No. I would put linebackers above running, running backs back. and Ooh. O-line.
0: Same. I'd, I would, too. I think I'd go running backs, but now I'm going linebackers, running backs,
3: O-line. I'd go running backs, linebackers, O-line.
1: If you had to go special teams, new punter, Cole Smith
3: Are
0: oh, you we're putting th- where, we're are, throwing you, where them. are
1: you putting where are you putting special teams? And then
0: but Trey Tucker elite
3: Until
1: we, Montgomery has been a very good punt returner.
3: Until we see the rake in full action, I don't know that I can put the whole special teams above the offensive line. I I'd, I'd still put them dead last.
1: You're putting I, them last?
3: I was impressed with Cole Smith. I'd agree, but we also have seen the whole offensive line before this year. We haven't seen a half of
0: special teams.
1: You haven't seen John Williams. You haven't seen Dylan O'Quinn playing tackle.
0: I haven't seen Renfro in there at, at center with, with all of them around him.
1: Basically, the O-line is tough because it, you're, you're replacing bookend tackles. Like the, They were the two best tackles in the conference last year.
3: There's question marks all around.
1: I think I would, for now, I would go special teams because I trust their coverage units, Mm -hmm. and I trust Trey Tucker and Ryan Montgomery or or whoever they have returning punts Mm -hmm. more than I fully trust the offensive line at this
3: point. Well, rather than not along with Dad, I'll just go ahead and disagree. You can disagree. That's fine. Respectfully. That's fine. That was just me calling out Brett
0: um for the record i was the one that said it first for the record (laughs) for the record i said most of those first so
3: what's the scariest the most scariest moment of your life so far i'll answer Uh, first because i I feel like chad's got some some deep thoughts to work through here (laughs) this is gonna be a very deep close to
0: the BBP. i had appendicitis
3: i had appendicitis that was kind of scary um Cause who knows when you get put under for that. Um, also I, I got hit by a car when I was in first grade. Um, and by hit by a car, I mean, I ran into the side of a moving car at the bus stop when we were playing tag. Um, you hit a car. I, I hit a, a car, car. A
1: car did not hit you.
3: It's, it's It was an accident. You hit a car. I, I was at the bus stop. I had to go to the hospital. First grade, 1990. <laughs> um, I was knocked out and, uh, I had a, a bruise the size of my entire thigh and, uh, I had to have my, my finger in a splint. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, it was probably did more than off Did
1: you flip off the car? after It, was, you it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't
3: that finger. It was, it was my, my ring finger actually, but, uh, <laughs> I'm fairly certain that's where the head trauma came from. <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't even know if I, like, what do we got, Brent?
0: I mean, I've got a lot Uh, there. I mean, none that I can really pinpoint. I mean. Lots of scary moments. Yes. Some like that might include April fool's day. Some that might include certain other things. I I was
3: watching a Facebook video and a fastball was coming at the screen
0: and I jumped. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, scary moments. It's a, my conscience isn't very good. So when I, when I'm in a, certain mode someone can really scare me really but uh, yeah I mean a lot of moments are scary
1: I mean obviously the answer for me is hearing a doctor tell you your your wife has cancer like right. that right and she was such a bitch about it too
3: she the just doctor. glossed over it. She, uh, I assume just, me you mean you, you mean the doctor
1: oh yeah she just okay. glossed over it. she just glossed over it like she talked for like 40 minutes and at like minute 22 out of nowhere she's just like yeah you know and so what we found out is uh we tested this and we tested that and you've got cancer and dah, 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 i just dah. want to she make sure like, you
3: didn't mean kelly no no <laughs>
1: well like it was it, at the time when she came in it was me my dad me kelly my dad my stepmom just sitting there and then she walked in you know how that is like kelly was in the hospital for 14 15 days mm-hmm. uh yeah. at that point. and. This was like the middle of it, like day eight. So we've been in the hospital for, you know, trying to figure out she had, she had a blood clot in her lungs. Her kidneys were failing. She had anemia. Like, like there's like 30 things that were, that were wrong. And the doctor comes in and she's just running through everything. And I guess she expected us to like put two and two together that, that she was an oncologist. (laughs) Looking back, we probably should have seen the writing on the wall uh on that conversation but she just glossed over it and we had to stop her like wait a second can you can you give us a second like can we can we collect our fucking thoughts right now and she's like oh i'm sorry like i didn't realize that that was a big deal you didn't realize telling us kelly had cancer is a big deal get out we didn't go with her for long-term care we moved on to somebody else (laughs) (laughs) yeah bedside manners. This is pretty critical in those type of situations. But that would, I mean, being there, you know, the night my mom died, that sucks too.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, obviously. So I I I couldn't even begin to get into how many terrible things have happened yeah, to people tried, I love I, in my life. i right. tried
3: to keep it lighthearted. I didn't want to talk about my dad, so.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm
3: we've already we've already broached that here on the pod, so. Th- we have. But,
1: All right. yeah, that would that would probably that would probably take the cake.
3: All right, so Kathy Ireland in necessary roughness or Rene Kathy Russo Ireland.
0: in Major League? Yeah, give me Kathy Ireland. I I, mean, I had to Russo, look him up. I had to look them up, but uh, yep, give me Kathy. You've never Ireland. watched Major League? Well, no, I've seen Major League. I had to look up Kathy Ireland. You had to look up Kathy Ireland? Yes, I had to. Wow. Oh boy. Oh, I'm, young. um, I'm younger than you guys.
3: I'm a Rene Russo major league guy. I mean,
1: you Spit. you set the bar low for yourself. Then you're trying you're trying Spit. to hit the you're
3: trying to make the shots you can make. Spitfire Kathy man, Ireland? Spitfire man,
0: Kathy Ireland.
3: I'm I'm just I'm here for for a little little different personality. All right.
0: You don't. You don't want the kicker of the football team.
3: It didn't say w- whether this was for one night or a lifetime. I went for the lifetime.
0: I mean, I just googled Kathy Island. I, <laughs> I did too. Pictures. <laughs> All right. Um, I,
3: absolutely I, I did too. I don't often mention the comments thereafter, but <laughs> I'd like it to be Kathy Russo is a fantastic comment
1: thereafter. <laughs> <laughs> one's personality and the other one's. Uh, personality yeah
3: yeah that's it <laughs> um So what's the latest on dining in Hawaiian and this is the last have, question in the mailbag
1: have not heard uh, I need to check back in on that i have been a little occupied so I they were in Hawaii for a while. Why wouldn't uh, you be? right they they had a chance to go get back to the island uh, this summer so the family's been there for a couple weeks. I think I'm, I'm sure they're back by now. Uh, but I haven't had the chance to check in. Uh, I'll I'll get an update on that here soon and Back let to everybody good old Hamilton
3: know. Because who doesn't miss Hamilton when you're in Hawaii? <laughs> I have some no people. words. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> all right, that's that's the mailbag, guys. Well, there we go. See, that was fun. That was a fun mailbag. Yeah, we yeah. got away
1: from some of the you know some well, of the silly stuff.
3: In all fairness, I, I don't. Don't mean to poke fun at UC Merck because we did have a long question where we analyzed every position in the history. It was fun. That was good, but it was simple, right? Yes, right.
1: It, 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 that was the. It got. It was like we had to one up the the degree of difficulty from each previous week
3: statistically, and,
1: and when you have to come back. After the podcast and be and explain what you meant by your question because we didn't answer it to your satisfaction. It he was did probably po- too comp- it's probably too complicated.
3: He apologized <laughs> to me on Twitter saying that he was inebriated <laughs> <laughs> on vacation when he wrote the first all good. question. But we still love it's you, UC Mark. We still we love, love you. We, love we do.
0: Love yeah, the questions, like keep lot them lot coming.
3: Let's
4: go.
0: You know, one thing that is not scary. Moment in my life is coming on every Monday night with you guys. So, yet again, oh, yet again, another I'm fantastic.
1: Sorry I, I'm sorry if I took that
0: too deep, but oh um, no, I think everyone, expected I was it. I was taking it that route too, Chad. That's why I didn't really want
3: to. <laughs> That's why I didn't go really into that. Any example, yeah, right? Sorry, I talked but,
0: about running into a fucking car,
3: yeah,
0: which is scary to think about too, huh? but
3: understandable grade, now
0: that I know you, Aaron. Understandable, but anyway, yet again. Another fantastic BBP here on bearcatjournal.com For my good buddies, Chad Brendel and Aaron Smith, I am Brent Young.
4: Thank you very much. Have a fantastic week.